uh, we want to do a ska show. Yeah. Ooh, Why'd you ska. add the C in there? A ska show. I see, you know, sometimes you just want to mix it up in your life. And by that, you mean make up words? You know, yeah. I, and uh, I classified myself as a wordsmith. I, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say you once classified yourself or you said you do? Kind of cla- given up. I'm not really good at wordsmithing anymore. I used to love trying to make up. Welcome to Hollywood Anonymous, by the way. I'm Brian Irwin. And I'm John Huck. I didn't do that on the last podcast. Oh, wow. That's the it's first the time, time I didn't in say a, it. a hundred and... 47 episodes or whatever. Well, yeah, and I realized it was because it was kind of what you did. It was like, I'll call that, I should have just named that hurry up episode. Like, hurry up and get something out. Oh. Hurry up and get John on the phone. Hurry up and finish my day. Like, everything about it was just a hurry up. So I think I just, um, for whatever reason, however that conversation took place on the last show, I just, I kind of, I kind of screwed it up. Uh, yeah, no, I used to wordsmith quite a bit. I used to always try to create words, so I was gonna like, hi, you guys? You oh, like that oh one? I see what you mean. I was I probably annoying, yeah. really, is what I'm saying is, instead of ca- calling myself a wordsmith, I think the better word would be annoying smith, because if you're constantly trying to wow people with your ability to... <laughs> uh, yeah, but if you're constantly trying to wow people with your ability to do anything, you're probably annoying. Correct. You know what I mean? But, but if Except you're... for magic. Well, I mean, if you're always trying to do magic in front of people, that would be a little bit. It's like someone who's always on. You know what I mean? I, I know a few. Should I start naming names? Well, no. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just <saying. laughs> yeah, please, God, don't. You can, you can just fade it all the way out if you want the song. You oh, can just okay. fade it all the way yeah. down. Yeah. I was gonna leave it on the whole show this time I, to, to make up for what I did last time. What well, was was not. <laughs> I don't. Know, I think I played it last. I don't know. I may not even play it last. No, time. but you were right. We were we were kind of in a hurry up mode, but, but we it was totally fine. We uh we did a nice. Uh, we had a quickie. You know, uh, the reason why I was so excited about wordsmithing was because um, I was, for a short period of time, I was obsessed with UrbanDictionary.com. Have you ever been there? Uh, I mean, I, I see it. Whenever I look a word up, Urban Dictionary is the, you know, it's right under the... Somehow or another, I felt like I hadn't made my mark in life, and I wanted to get, I wanted to create a word that, that would, would go... show up on there oh, and eventually wow. become part of, uh, it's called the lexicon, right? Yes. I don't know a lot. See, I don't know a lot of words. I don't know a lot of, a lot of normal, normal big words. Um, but uh, no, I, so I think I've got obsessed with trying to, and it seemed like every time I would do something, I would I would immediately run to there, and like seven other people had already been already. Way so ahead yeah, you you so you never got anything in no, that was pointless. I mean, that's kind of what I did. I wordsmithed on my first uh, comedy CD. Mm-hmm. I called it. The title was Fantasticular Hilaritation. And did you go uh, Urban Dictionary that? I did not. I did not. Well, if the if if and this still has plenty of time. I mean, if that album ever becomes you know super successful, it will. That's not. that. <laughs> that's how well. Okay, well, then that will never. Although be I've sold more of it in the last year than I have since it came out in 2011. Well, that makes sense because obviously one of the reasons why we haven't been doing anything is because you've been gone but before we get to where yeah. you've been and yeah. what you've been doing and any other places people have told you not to be with me um <laughs> i uh that's right i'm sure i wonder how many people tell my wife that when she leaves the house too the uh and my children you should probably stop being with your father you should divorce you your should. dad i should do what now um so we have every year like clockwork the mockingbird shows up in ah, our neighborhood. good name for it too. Well, you know what mockingbirds are, right? It's a bird that mocks you. No, no, yeah, those are yeah. crows. Those <laughs> no. are crows. Yes, you know crows are the most intelligent bird, right? And it's so funny. Like the crows get no respect. No, but they're... they're the most intelligent, and they also hold grudges against humans. So they know if you like fuck with a crow, like in your back, like that's why I leave them alone in my backyard. So like if you fuck with them, 
They don't forget, and they will come, and they will sit every single day, and they will just oh, stare man. at you. I don't care for that. Well, I'm just and that's very why, intelligent And that's birds. why a group, of a, crow, a group of crows is called a murder, because they will come and take you out. Well, so, uh, well, anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, they're, they're very intelligent, but these mockingbirds, I, they're cocky. Because they they what they do is all day Cocking birds. and all night they're like check out this impression of another bird <laughs> and that's all they do fucking twenty four hours a day <laughs> is to, is is show off about what they're fucking capable of doing. The problem is I could going back to the comic that's never off. Imagine being around that comic twenty four hours a day and they never stop. Well, no. That's why I think the Mockingbird, as far as I can see, is always by its fucking self. Like, no other bird wants oh, to be really? anywhere near it. That was one bird outside? Yes. Oh, wow. That's why when you pulled up, I said, I had enough of that bird because he, it's just it him. sits out our, outside our window and never shuts the fuck up. And it's yeah. like, hey, guys, have you guys ever heard the Robin? Let me do the Robin for you for the next 45 fucking minutes. But all his impressions sort of sound like a Christopher Walken. <laughs> like, they all sort of sound the same no No, they what. sound exactly like the other birds. The problem is... They don't take a break. There's, it's fucking comma, 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 right onto the next one, right onto the next one. Yeah, it, it's it's like uh, it's like my brother if he gets on a roll. You're just like, dude, are you ever, you're never gonna stop. Well, no, it's also like a fucking three year old child where like that's if you exactly laugh, like if, my brother. If you yeah. laugh at one thing they do, oh, they're dude. like, oh, whoa, whoa, did you you found that amazing? Well, let me do it for the next fucking seventeen hours. Or if you do something that makes them laugh. You gotta keep one going. time, like that's <laughs> all. I mean, getting a smile and a laugh from a kid is 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 what you want. You know what I mean? You're just right. like you want to be the. It means me. I want to be the entertaining uncle. You know? Yeah, of course. I want to be the one that all the kids are like. Oh man, Uncle John is so funny. But like, you do one thing, and it's it's always something at at, at, at yo- the younger the age, the more ridiculous whatever you did is. Right. So you're having to like continuously palm your face or whatever it is, like over and over for like. Literally hours at a time. Which, it's pretty crazy. But some people thrive on that. They're like, that's my go-to. And they're so proud to do it. Like, I've noticed that, because I have a kid that's going to be 14 this year. God that, that, damn, dude. Yeah, he wore skinny. I sent him to school with skinny jeans and vans today. It was the first time. Like, he's he's starting to look like a human. Yeah. And, like, the uh, you know, a, a regular type of human, like, with a personality and stuff like that versus, like, you know, just whatever you're trying to mold them into, you know, with their school clothes on. But, um... No, I, I just, I realize that now I'm officially starting to slowly fall into a category of some of the things that I do, and I don't realize it until they call you out on your shit, is I'm starting to become dad jokey. Oh, like, well, dude, I think that's a long time coming here. Well, yeah. fair enough. But my point <laughs> is that they never called you out on your shit. Right, because they didn't understand they were dad jokes. Before, it was just like it was awesomeness. Yeah, you were just well, hilarious. No, it's, it's, and it's not necessarily a dad joke. It's me. But he, I'm being recategorized. Like, I'm starting to be uninvited uh, uh, into yeah. their world. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, their culture is starting to develop. So eventually, yeah. you get moved out of yeah. the culture. It's like it's like when we talk about, uh, it happened to Jerry Lewis, it happened to Eddie Murphy, it happens to Jim Carrey, like, there's, like, Robin Williams, like... When you're a really famous comedian, right, and you're and the and and as you're, you, there's a certain age group that's like, yes, yes, and then eventually they keep doing the same, like they keep doing their shtick, and then eventually people are like, no, no, no that's yeah. enough, or like Adam Sandler, like everybody just goes, no, done, you had your time, right, and so it's well, just it, funny. it is a generational thing, like yeah. the things that 
that my parents, you know, laughed at or thought was comedy might not be everything that I think is comedy. And the things that I'm la- laughing at, they're probably like, what the fuck is this? Right. You know, and, and and down the line, you know what I mean? I mean, well, that's just it, kind it, of the evolution of everything. Well, it, it, horror is another perfect example. You'd be like, oh, my God, you got to watch this. This is the scariest movie ever. And the kids are like, what am I? No, this is not. Because in their mind, the horror is completely different. So would they get scared of, would they be scared of a black and white you know, Wolfman or no, wolf but they or, might shit their pants at Poltergeist. I think anybody. I think anything that falls within a world that could potentially happen. Versus yeah. The only one I think, and I joked about this with you before, is that I used to be scared uh, shitless of a movie called Phantasm, and then I yeah. watched it later, and it was fucking <laughs> horrible. Like there was nothing. It was so stupid. There's so I was many like, of those, what? though, yeah, dude. I know. I mean, at the again, everything perspective. I was scared of the first Leprechaun when I saw it. You know what I mean? Like I, you, you get scared, and then you grow, and you're like, oh yeah, this is ridiculous. Now I will also say though that anything is scary if it doesn't belong in your house. So like you know, so there is a category like. Like you could like Leprechaun would be a perfect example. Like it, a part of it is also just it's just silly. The character looks silly. It scared you at one point. Now you look at it silly. Silly. Yeah. However, if you and I were having a podcast right now and that same character opened up this fucking door and walked, dude, I'd be room, I'd be right through that screen door. He's not I fucking be, silly anymore. I would be out. The, I mean, I would be I would be laughing. I would probably be laughing uncomfortably as I ran to my car and drove away. Yeah. Now I will tell you. I'll give you two. The the beauty of of us living in Hollywood. And so there was two movies that I worked on. They were horror films. I worked on uh, Insidious. Oh, that, that. And I worked on The Ring and Ring 2. Oh. So these are two movies that I worked on. Well, you mentioned three movies, but yes. Well, t- I'm sorry, two franchises. Yeah. Because yeah. both of them are franchises. Sorry. And, and yeah, you, in, may, you mentioned, you said two. <laughs> you keep you saying two. You mentioned six <laughs> movies. But, you're, but you only worked on that, that first Insidious? I worked on the first Insidious, and I worked on Ring 1 and Ring 2. And how many rings did they end up making? Just I, out of, I think three. And then but Insidious they was just I, two, honestly, right? No, Insidious, I think, is. Like four. Oh wow! Okay. I don't. I'm not a huge horror guy anymore. Like I when I was when I was in high school, like that was the thing. Yeah, when some, I was in high school, horror it was all about horror movies. But when you were in high school, it was a little more limited. You were like you had you know Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm, Elm Street. Street. You yeah. had uh, Friday, Friday the Thirteenth. You yeah. had Halloween. That's it. Yeah. And you those were like kind of the franchises, and those were the big things. And then Scream came out, and that was a return to those movies yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's why we that's p- me particularly that's why i really because then you get in there's other horror movies like hellraiser is considered horror you know what i mean I hellraiser. hellraiser is good I heard they're but bringing it back it was not it's I, gonna be different i'm but. surprised they haven't yet i mean yeah. why wouldn't they they're it still was making weird of the 13th movies to me though hellraiser was a different category of horror. it was yeah. it was weird it was there was there's some west craven stuff that i'm like the people under the stairs the serpent and the rainbow i'm like what is this like those movies didn't do it for me, but the slasher movies, like I liked going camping. I liked being outside. So like a guy chasing people through the woods was terrifying to me. Well, again, it falls very close to what if yeah. in reality. Yes. Yeah. And 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 then as you get like even to be like eleven years old, you're like, oh, this is ridiculous. Yeah. This is this is ridiculous. And then you then I still I still literally I've seen every Friday the thirteenth movie. I, I I enjoy them to no end. Like whenever there's a marathon, I'll watch Repeat. There's a couple that I, it's like Mystery Science Theater. You know, you can just walk, you're like, come on, lady, you're gonna go there yeah. when you know that he's there. And but like, that's part of it. The of entertainment course, of it of is, course. don't do it, don't I do it, knowing it, full well they're gonna I do love it. it. I love it. I love the, it. The, 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 obviously, the running joke back in the day was, oh, those teens are about to have sex. Well, you're both dead because you're gonna learn your lesson. Oh, are you smoking a cigarette and drinking alcohol, doing anything? It's almost kind of like it has this undertone of like. All the things you were told you should not do if you break if you do it, 
the cardinal sin in a lot of those horror films was like, if you did it and you were a teenager, drinking, sex, smoking, weed, any of those types of things, you were probably going to die because you were wrong. That, you were naughty. Dude, I'm telling you. Only the good kids survive, right? One of the hardest times I've ever laughed in a theater was at the like the bridesmaids opening night. Well, that was I did laugh super you know, hard and, and Naked Gun. Yeah, but I mean those at those comedies. But like, just kind of a random thing. I was we went to it was a sold out show the opening night of the new Friday the third, the new Freddy oh, Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, was cut was in theaters. It was the opening night, and we went opening night. Me, my brother, and a couple friends, I think. And uh, we had the, the only seats left were right in the front, so we were like literally six of us in the front row. At one point, this guy is like. Getting he's, his friend has been killed by Jason, who's Fre- Freddie is brought back from the dead, right? And his and his dad is like, well, you know, your friend was doing. And his, the kid who's been drinking, he's like swinging on this little little flask. He yells at his dad. He's like, you don't know anything, dad. You don't know anything. And he's like a real dick to his dad. And his dad like doesn't want to fight him, so he just walks away. And then as soon as this kid turns around, Jason's standing there, and he just hacks him with a machete. And this dude who must have, I feel like he was in the very back of the theater, just yells. That's what you get for talking back to your dad. <laughs> of course. And everybody, I mean, it would you would have thought fucking Eddie Murphy walked in and started telling jokes, dude. Everybody was dying. Like I people, I was so jealous of that guy. People were in the bathroom <laughs> after the movie saying that, laughing as they were at the urinal. And I was like, oh man, that guy is a comedic genius. And then <laughs> and then something similar. We went and saw the new when Friday the 13th came out with a kind of a reboot new thing or whatever. Um I went and saw that. And in the beginning, this guy's like, he kind of he's, he's ditching his friends because he's been growing weed at this one area. So he goes over and he's checking out his weed plants. Yeah. And he's like got headphones in and he's like smoking weed and being around weed. And he turns around and Jason's standing there and he he hacks the dude with a machete. And somebody in the back of the theater goes, "That's what you get for smoking weed." <laughs> and everybody laughed again. And I was like, the oh. same guy. Yeah. That's what I'm like. I'm like, he's I not wonder. Going to all this these guy's places. on a tour. <laughs> he's like just on a horror that's movie tour. Oh, I just I I remember literally I said to somebody after that, I go I'm jealous of that guy for for being for saying that I would have never I I don't wouldn't yell out in a the theater. Well, that, that's I mean? the that's the difference. It's it's that person had the balls to take the risk of possibly people going shut, shut the up. fuck up because yeah. the one time you would do it, you're like right, oh, you dude. guys are like boo, <laughs> and being in the front, everyone would see me like yeah. mm, fuck that guy. <laughs> Sit down, beardo weirdo. <laughs> I'm like, but don't talk back to your dad. I wish Jason would kill you. Right. I like, wish they jump out of the screen, stab you in the neck. And that maybe that's it. You have a plant, you do that, and then Jason does. Yeah, come out. G- yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, in today's climate, that'll work out real well in a movie theater. <laughs> Fake stab me, and then <laughs> Jesus, I could see one idiot do. I could see like oh, Eric Andre well, doing something like that. And well, like, not not necessarily that, but you, you know, know what I mean. That type of yes, show. yeah. There, there is um, the guy who owns the Vista Theater in L.A. Yeah. Uh, in uh, Silver or Echo he Park. He stabs people in the neck fake. No, thing? but okay. he, I, I didn't realize this, but he, he goes out of his way to dress up for big premieres. So, oh, like, okay. when they had uh, Endgame there, he dressed up as Thanos and, like, was taking pictures of people. And he looked That's really awesome. good. And uh, I don't go to that place as much as I should. It's not that far from here. It's and a, I never you go. know what? It's It was my theater of choice when I lived over there. And now okay. that I don't, I just go. It's a nice my, theater. Yeah. It's, you know, it's old school. Movie. It's, very it's very old school. It's, like it's, it's the way things used to be. It's not what you're used to now. Yeah, yeah. But it's but still... every city has. I mean, Milwaukee has a couple theaters like that. I mean, there's every every place has their one old old theater that people I think still go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like those. 
Uh, three, t- three things now I'm going to add because I, I don't want to forget the other thing. I'm pretty good. I've noticed one thing that I'm really good at in this show is I will, s- I will set up something I'm going to talk about and then and I never, never get to get it. No, <laughs> which is fine. But I don't want to forget this because there is a point to what I was saying earlier. But I want it, go, circling back because you brought up Halloween. I, and I, one of my favorite moments was I also worked on a, on a movie called The Ward, which is directed by John Carpenter. Oh wow! And I, that my, my favorite moment was I was just sitting on the steps at the Herald, and he just came over and sat next to me, and we just talked about parents for twenty minutes because he was just they were doing like some tech scouting, and he had nothing to do, and he just walked over, and I was like, I cannot believe I'm fucking having just a regular conversation just a regular with John conversation Carpenter. With John Carpenter was so Dude, cool. Dude, I mean, and that I was I would bring it back to Halloween, which which makes him again. It's that thing a lot of people always ask, like, well, Holly, people are weird. I'm like, no. The dude couldn't have been more normal, and 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 his his love for his parents and like his memories of his mom and like like you go you sometimes you forget you're like oh shit you can do you can create like iconic stuff and crazy stuff and still, still be a normal yeah fucking love your kids thing. and love your parents and have a nor- normal life and yeah. like not yeah. be a psycho and yeah he spoke so fondly of his parents it was great it was That's a great nice. yeah, yeah, we had a nice little conversation but going back to what I was saying to you real quick. About the two movies that I worked on, or yeah, three, Insidious sorry. and yeah, but more specifically, when I say two, I'm for the basis of the story, I'm talking about The Ring, and then I'm talking yeah. about Insidious. So with Insidious, it was a very common knowledge. It was an extremely low budget film. It was a one one point five million. Wow! It was directed by um, James Wan. James Wan wanted to do a low budget. He did Saw, and eventually he oh. doing like Fast and Furious. Like now, he just makes huge action flicks. But oh wow! Again, another super super nice guy. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. Awesome. Um, but anyway, what's what was funny about that? So in Insidious, um, the the devil. Basically, his lair was the lobby at the Herald Examiner. So <laughs> he's below um, where we used to do our podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was, was his lair. Him. But he kind of has. If you've ever seen the movie, he has a little bit I'll of a Darth Darth Maul kind of look to him. Oh, like a red, red and black. Yeah. yeah. So the funny thing about that specifically <laughs> is that when you and you've worked on low budget films before, yeah. people are not separated. They're not all hanging out in their trailers. There's no surprise moments. I'm sure in big budget movies, if there's really main main characters. It like they will not be, you know, frequently they will not be hanging out in general population. But this guy, because we had nowhere to go, like everyone's just, just hanging in the out makeup. as the devil, Getting as the Skittles main and craft sca- service, yeah, as the main scary guy. <laughs> hey, where's the restroom? Doing his thing. <laughs> I gotta take a shit, turn my mic off, you know. And I gotta be honest with you, at that time, I didn't know much about the film. Like, why would I? Like, yeah, no, you, you don't really you, know how all the pieces yeah. of the put. Well, they do, but like, I'm not. Back yeah. then, people used to be like, "You want to?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And like, I would just set it aside. Like, yeah. I didn't, you know, I just didn't. I didn't have time, and I, it didn't affect me. So, right. um, I, I just remembered that that was really funny. So then, when I see the movie, and I'm like, "I, I could that could, I couldn't get that." No, you, yeah, you can't out of my that. head. The fact that, like you said, he's eating Skittles in craft service, and now he's supposed to be like, "Boo!" And you're like, "No, I'm sorry." <laughs> no, hey, I can no. smell the peanut butter pretzels That's on right. your breath. <laughs> uh, it's not working for me, devil. Yeah. <laughs> But on the flip side of that, so working on the ring, right? Was so, that little girl walking around craft service? <laughs> that girl's no. terrifying. Uh, there, I actually, I, I do have a second sad story if you want to hear about that. But anyway, oh. not the girl. But anyway, oh. so um, uh, who's the, the, the blonde ring. hair? The blonde haired Australian actress is um, no, uh, Naomi Watts. Oh, she, who does not like me? So the um, <laughs> just cannot stand me. But I'll explain to you why in a second if you really want to know the story. And and it, it, it's a, a pretty funny story. So. We, I was working at the Orange County Register. This is, was not a Herald thing. And I think I've, if I've told this story before, people, I apologize. But it was one of those moments where I had to make a choice. Yeah. 
at the Herald, at the exact same time, they were filming Austin Powers 3. Ooh. Now, I had done all the tech scouts, and I really wanted to Gold be there. Member, right? Yes. So it was, it was, it was uh, Beyonce. Uh, Michael Caine was at the Herald. Beyonce was at the Herald. Obviously, Mike Myers was at the Herald. Uh, I can't remember who all was in that scene. But anyway, the point is... That was what was being filmed at the Herald. It's the scene where they escape and they're going. They're on like on a, a loading dock area. They're trying to get away. Anyway, for, if you ever watch it, that's yeah. that was at that was Herald. all my world, right? Okay. And I really wanted to work that because I was. I know you make fun of me for this, but I was a huge Austin Powers, Mike Myers fan. So I don't make fun of. I wanted to, but they really needed me at the ring. Okay, so um, I'm I'm working that, and the the scene that I'm working is um, towards the end of the first one where, actually, it's almost the end of the movie where uh, Naomi Watts finally gets a copy of a VHS, everybody. Yep. For those of you who don't know what a VHS yep. tape is, you know. Watch the ring. Watch It'll the explain ring. it all. And, <laughs> That's what happened to everybody. <laughs> and so she gets it, and she runs down a hallway to put it in to watch it. And I believe that's one of the, it's the ending of the movie, I believe, is she's watching it to see what this is all about, and that's when the movie ends, right? So it's like this really important scene. Um... And what I always joke about the fact is this is supposed to be like one of those scary movies. So when, when I watched The Ring, I still got scared shitless, even though I worked on the movie and, and I knew it was all fake. Yeah. I still watch it and it still creeps me out because mm-hmm. here's the thing about it that creeps me out about any movie like that. Anytime a character, if they look kind of real, but they're contortionist, like yeah. if they walk they on the back their of their brain. hands, yep. like Exorcist still scares the shit out of me. The like ba- anytime, even the baby turning his head and train yeah. spotting. Anything that like that, I don't like that. It, mm-hmm. I was getting goosebumps just talking about it right now. Mm-hmm. Going so that that's that. So it's, it's just two sides of the story. Like one still, I worked on it, still scared the shit out of me. The other one, nothing because yeah, like you said, they had peanut butter pretzel breath. So. <laughs> Um, Boo, I'm the devil. Hey, yeah, guy, right. you got, no, you got no. some uh, yeah, yeah. seaweed <laughs> seaweed in <laughs> your teeth. <laughs> yeah, you still got a little bit of the, a lunch left over there, pal. Um, okay, so in Orange County Register, it was still a functioning newspaper. So the newspaper doesn't shut down. So the bullpen, editors' meetings, and all that kind of stuff, like real shit, like tops. You know, like I if you watch a guy any with movie, a big cigar, like, we got to get the story, kid. So I'm, you know, like the Herald was a non-functioning newspaper. Right, yeah, no yeah. one was like still running. You know, the papers weren't still mm-hmm. running, you know. Here, it didn't shut down. We were filming in the middle of the day. They were having an editor's meeting and it, for all of us, if you've ever turned on the news, uh, there's a lot of sources. That's what they talk about in editor's meetings. There's a lot of privacy going on, right? Yeah. So, they thought it would be cool for this movie to not to to incorporate a little bit of that live activity that's taking place behind them. So, they set that scene up where Naomi Watts starts running down the hallway with the tape, right? And the office manager is, like, freaking out and comes to find me because that's my job. I'm, like, the intermediary between the production and the uh, Orange County Register. And she's freaking out. She's like, you can't. We're having an editor's meeting. There is sensitive information being shared in there right now. You cannot just roll camera and just start running people through here while we're doing this. You need to stop this. And I was like, yeah, but I would. I'm like, this is like, this is not my world. Yeah. I'm used to it at the Herald Examiner mm-hmm. where I'm it. And I say, yes and no, this is what you could do. There is no effect, right? right? This is like serious cause and effect shit. And they're freaking out. I can't find the location manager. Right, and I'm because that's the, my go-to, and because right. I'm going to the first AD, you know, some some of these people are like, yeah, okay, great, yeah, why don't you just fucking go away? Oh, now? okay, yeah. yeah, you go tell them that we're gonna just all right, roll cameras, <laughs> and then get, and then get so the shot, and they go, did. I'm sorry, what was the question? I said, I said, you gotta stop. They're like, no, it's we're gonna go. I'm like, we're not Please. stopping. Yeah. Now I want everybody to understand when I first got this job, 
the one thing they told me was there's only one bad moment you can ever have on set as a site rep. Uh-huh. And that is if you have to stand in front of camera and stop the show. That's the only time that they will all know who you are. And it's the same time they will all simultaneously hate you. Fucking, for fucking hate life. you. Yeah. Because you are that it, it reminds them that you are not with them, for them, or a part of them. You are now officially the enemy, the fucking enemy yeah. of production. So here's my moment, right? And I'm like, fucking god damn it! I don't, I know. I'm like, and I'm on the radio. I'm like, calling location man. I'm like, just like, do, like, get me out of this. Yeah, what was get he doing? Probably this. hiding. So they yell, action! I'm around the corner. She's fucking coming. It's a tracking shot. So camera is going is going alongside of her as she's going. And you can this is in the fucking movie, not me, but this is in the movie. The camera's tracking. She's walking down the hallway. I start running because I they wouldn't stop. And I warn them, you gotta stop because they're gonna come around and then towards the editor's meeting. And that woman was like, fucking you you better, you're gonna lose your I will get you fired if you don't stop this shit right now. Like now I'm like. I'm, I'm fucked. I can't. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. Camera's tracking. I'm like coming. I jump out, scare the shit out of Naomi Watts. Oh my God. And I'm like, stop. The camera stops on me. So, somewhere, just so you know, there's footage of you going, footage stop. of me <laughs> jumping in front of a camera, scaring the shit out of Naomi the Watts. The whole crew going, this fucking guy, yeah. come on. <laughs> but. They were fucking pissed. Well, yeah. And the did funny the, thing about where's the that location guy? Did he ever come back? He did, and then he was like, "What?" Like I think he had like fucking turkey in his mouth. Like he was yeah. fun. He was like everybody. <laughs> yeah. They're everybody in in production, and you know this. They're always trying to find a fucking way to take a nap, get out of shit. Yeah. Like if uh-huh. you're not one hundred percent needed, it they're all because it look. And again, I get it. They're long fucking. I was gonna days. say also they're long days. We don't know. And what other filming people's is, schedules are because some people do like night shoots things, on something yeah. and then show up on a day shoot and they're like you're like why are you so fucking tired it's like because I'm working three different jobs yeah. and filming can be tedious oh man a 17 hour day which technically should be illegal obviously um, uh, but you know these long days these opening closing setting up doing it, it's like so I I get the avoiding of it but it just it was it was the perfect storm right yeah yeah so all right so this is what happens so for the rest of that shoot. No one wanted to talk to me. No one wanted to make eye contact. It was it was just I just wanted it over at that point because I, I just had to do what I had to fucking do, mm-hmm. right? And every time she saw me on that sh- on that shoot, she just fucking would just give me the fucking death stare, like, fuck you. And I don't blame her. She didn't know me, right? So cut to years later, ring two. Now you have to remember, I'm not I wasn't hired by the production company you were to hired make by the, the ring. Location company. They shot ring two at the Herald. <laughs> Oh God! Day fucking one. They show up for the scout. Day one. Like, Come this is, on! No, 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 they didn't know. Different, different director. Oh, okay. Everything else is they, they, everything's different, right? Except the actors. Except for one actor. Name you watch. <laughs> day one of the shoot. Day fucking one of the shoot. This is years later. Yeah. I'm down in the lobby, right? You know that little tiny elevator that takes you up to the second floor police station, which is what they shot. They turned it into a. Uh, I think in the second one, it was like in Portland or something like that, and it was a smaller newspaper that she works at. They're like, hold the elevator. Oh, God. She walks in, looks at me and goes, oh, God. <laughs> Doors closed. We just go up, just fucking walks away. And I was like, seriously the fuck? 
<laughs> Nobody in this business fucking remembers me. And then Nobody, she does. Except for one fucking person looks up and goes, oh, Christ, this fucking knucklehead again. She went home that night and told whoever she was, her boyfriend or <laughs> husband or whatever, that, like about this asshole at work who scared the shit out of her and stopped the shot. Who does the one thing you're not supposed to do in fucking production yeah. ever, yeah. right? Yeah. I'll never forget that moment. It was so... That's hilarious, though, that she... Because you're right. Nobody remembers anybody in this town. And mm-hmm. then I'll be, uh, she's like, oh, this fucking turd. As soon as she saw me, she's uh. like, oh, fucking God. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, in, the, in that one, I was like real careful to just fucking stay away. But I will tell you, um, I don't know what it became of the kid. There was a boy in that one. And he may have been in the first one, too. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen these movies. But yeah, he... There's a part of like kids and filmmaking that just it, 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 I don't want to say it creeps me out because that sounds mean, but you know what I'm saying about like it's a it's a bizar- it's a tough business when, when man. you've it's... had a regular childhood that you rode your bike around yeah, and you got yeah. to play outside and shit, and then you see what these kids go through and like yeah. being schooled on set and yeah. and just kind and the of way they're, they're treated the way they're treated and then their friends are uh, teachers. Yeah. I mean, what is that? That's not and it's other it's, kid actors uh, and they're just very disconnected yeah. from. That's what I would say. Disconnected's a good honest way. <laughs> putting it yeah i feel bad for him i did too i felt yeah. bad for the kid on that shoot because yeah. i really felt like the you know because he spent a lot of time talking to me um and after a while i'm like why is this kid spending so much time talking to me and i think later on kind of going back to what you're talking about it's like because he doesn't he there's nobody he probably talked the ear off of every other adult that was around that just didn't want to hear about it anymore yeah. you know what i mean and like He's i was the, and i was the new attention. fresh i was the new fresh set of ears yeah right and he didn't have any other kids to hang out with but that's also the ki- kids need attention. They need. Yeah. They need. Yeah. They need yeah, that. Of course. They. They need to. Thank you for reminding me. Well, I'm just. You know what <laughs> I'm I mean. Not saying thank you like, for reminding me. It's just like yeah, I, you you forget that kind of shit. Like you can't just when I hang out with my niece, I can't just go. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go over here and have quiet time. So he's like, well, then who's gonna look at me? Yeah. 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 Well, hey guys, uh, no got some thoughts about me? I'm, I'm in here. Like she'll come out and be like, hey, I'm in here doing this thing. What are you guys doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and she does not old enough to understand that like. <laughs> I'm over here not looking at you doing that thing. It's yeah. like <laughs> Did you guys ever do, use kids on punk and stuff like that or no? Yeah, yeah. Dude, do, do, uh, f- crazy. We were going to do a bit where somebody finds a baby in a dumpster. And I was like... Hilarious. I, the thing comes across my desk and I go, well, legal's never going to let us put a baby in a dumpster. So, yeah, sure, we can do this. So I call legal. I send them the script. And they're like, yeah, as long as the dumpster is like an art dumpster and it's clean. I'm like... Okay, so Art was like, "Yeah, we can get." A- I love the fact that you were the most rational person. Dude, yeah, thought, no, and we'll that, never put a baby in a dumpster. That literally almost never happened. I mean, once I caught, kind of caught the, uh, understood what they were protecting and what they were doing legally. Mm-hmm. I I understood when things were not going to be able to be done. Do you know what I mean? Pretty but quick. But putting a baby in a dumpster but that was, was not it, that. That blew my mind. They came back with like, yeah, no problem. Just make sure the garbage is like clean, prop garbage. And I was like, what? So we then I'm like, now I got to find a baby. Somebody's going to let us put a baby in a dumpster. Yeah, there's part two of like, no right. one's going to do That's it. That's what I said. I go, well, now I'll never find a baby. And the... Jennifer Dumont, the uh, the casting girl, she's like, oh yeah, I just had a kid. You can use my kid. And I was like, Jennifer, what the fuck? And I was so confused. And then we ended up not doing the dumpster thing. We ended up doing it, a uh, baby in a in a car seat on top of a like the gate of a truck, just sitting there in a parking lot. So when it was Elizabeth Cuthbert uh, and her, she was dating a hockey player at the time, but the prank was on her. Okay. Uh, and she, they came by and were like, who's like they just walked by a baby and they're like in a parking lot and they're like, what? Whose baby is this? And then there's no, you know, so they nobody's coming forward and they can't find anybody. And then they start to call the authorities or whatever. And then the police come. And then the fire, hey, hey, oh, it's my baby. Like, and then Joe Hersley or somebody right, runs in and like, 
you know, I don't, I don't think I was in that one, but I was there because I remember it. But <clears throat> that's what they ended up doing. But it was crazy that they were like, yeah, we can put. But also we're working with kids, we used like uh, Rob and Ryan Pinkston, who are cousins, but um, also kind of moved on to do two bigger and better things. Uh, they were very good. You know what I mean? But they were also a little bit older than they looked. We used kids that could play like eight or nine, but were like 13. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> they sort of were a little bit, at least, you're able to tell them what to do and they would do it. Right, you know right, I mean? right. Okay. We weren't working with kids. I did do, like, so every kid on there was like, yeah, it was like teenagers were the youngest that we would go. You okay. Know? With Code 9, you saw that. Yeah. We worked with, like, kids. But that was also different. Like, yeah, these kids were younger, but we put them in disguises. We coached them. They were in it, on it with us. Like, yeah, and it was short. <clears throat> Those were yeah. short and, stints oh, yeah. versus like three month movies or like you know become, trying to become a movie star. Yes. You know what oh I mean? yeah, yeah. And those kids like weren't Frankie actors. Munoz those kids thing, did yeah. the one thing and then they they went on and lived they went on their lives. lives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's a very good point. Punk. Those kids did become and stay actors and, yeah. and keep working in the business. Um, I worked with. I've worked with people. On that Code Nine show, who I was, I was concerned about in the sense that the parents seemed to want their kids to be actors, and that wasn't what the show was. And I was like, uh, I feel bad for these kids. If your parents are think they're trying to live through you, like I wanted to be an actor and it didn't work out, so my kids are going to be actors. You're like, man, that's like me saying I want to be a baseball player, so I'm going to force my kid to play. Ba-. It's like you can't. Yeah, it's try to force your kid to do anything, and they're going to not want to do that thing. I don't know how yeah, else Yeah, it's to... tough, dude. I mean, you know, obviously, when you know, made fixed, we had kids in it because obviously there was, yeah. they, they were all parents. My, my kids were some of the kids in it, but they were like background kids. They didn't have to actually act, you know. But um, the actor kids, I, I was, it, it, it was, it was, they were fine. They were fine. But I was like, I'm just so fascinated with that world. Somebody's got to do it. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to demean that world. I mean, we need it. Storytellers need that. It is an important part of it. But I'm always fascinated with who gets in it. And like you said, are some of them getting into it because their parents didn't get what they want out of it, so they want their kids to do it? Do the kids genuinely have a strong desire to act? And I only say that as a parent because sometimes like, I look at it and I go, I try to look at it from my kid's standpoint of like, do any of my kids, as much as they love sports, do they really see themselves as professional athletes or do they just love playing it in the moment like you know I mean, you look at all those because it's all the same if you think about it it's like you know playing sports is the same as playing acting you it's well like, that's you what have you do to, you have to thing. work at it yeah if you really are going to be serious about it but like remember we had Santa Moses on yeah and at a young age example at a young she age she was like I want to be an actor and, her yeah, and then like, she peed on the blues mobile so I mean <laughs> I don't really know when. but then her but her parents were like wait you want to do what like they were like oh fuck so they didn't like they were. They were like, yeah. They they weren't. Yeah, they were like, we'll let you do it, but you also have to maintain a normal childhood because the parents weren't trying to force her into that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and she literally it, came to that on her own and then grew into really wanting to do it and has done it successfully for a very long time. And 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 to judge myself harshly, I did I did two different things for Disney with my kids, and my kids were never really truly comfortable. Doing that stuff, yeah. and so I basically just done. We're not. That's not happening anymore in my life. Like I yeah. just stopped it. But there was like, at the time they were pretty young, you know, um, like very very young. So like there wasn't much. But I remember like I did an an episode where I had to teach my oldest son how to ride a bike, and he, after a while, he. You could tell it was like get these fucking cameras yeah, out of dude, here. Get this, this is, whole I'm trying fucking, to learn to ride a bike. You want get you this mind? whole fucking world out of my fucking face. Like yeah. it was became extremely, 
And at that point, I kind of was like, oh, shit. Like, this is not what I thought it could or should be. And, like, then I kind of pulled him back from all of that. And I actually, th- that segment, I ended up shooting the rest of it myself on a cell phone. Yeah. Kind of, and with, with, like, my older sister, <laughs> the, his aunt that he loved and trusted, and his mother. Like, yeah, people he's I just, used to. And yeah. And so, I mean, but, so, but after that, that was, that was the end of it. And which is totally fine. It's like, again... So I, I have to be careful. I, I also judged myself harshly in that moment of like, yeah, okay, maybe not. But he was. But when it came to fixed, he wanted to be in it. Because, but I didn't tell him he had to be in it. He had the he option. When you give him, when you give children an option, when you say, "Hey, well, I'm doing this movie. You guys are welcome to be in it if you want." Yeah. Then they can say yes, or they can go, "No, thanks." You know. Yeah. And then there's no hard feelings either way. And if they're involved, they're involved. And if they're not, they're still your kids, and they're still pretty much involved because the thing is basically based on them. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of kids, I spent three and a half days uh, in the mountains without cell service or the internet with a bunch of kids that weren't mine, but I don't want to talk about that first. I want to know where Actually, the hell you've been. Actually, I want to talk about that first because <laughs> I want to explain to you who I am as a person. Good, because I think my wife has some opinions about that. I want to hear your full story because I'm going to follow with what my wife said to me, so go ahead. Okay. Uh, I, I, I think I get this from my dad. Because I feel like he always worried about, like, he would always lock the door at, like, 9 o'clock. And if I was going, I was like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm leaving. He's like, but I locked the door. I'm like, yeah, I'll unlock it, relock. He always checked the locks a thousand times. A little bit worried that, like, people were going to rob us. You know what I mean? Like, there was a little bit of a paranoia probably there. Did you have that problem in Warrenville? <clears throat> no, we did not. Okay. Where did um, you grow up? What's that? Where did your dad? My dad grew up on the south side of Chicago. Okay. All right. So um, okay. the same the same era as like George Carlin. Like they're the pretty much they were the pretty much the same age. All right. So there's there a little roughhousing around. Roughhousing, Catholic schools, getting beat up by nuns. Um, but there was but the, the streets were could be rough. Yeah. And there could be some crime. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, he came from the city yeah. into the suburbs. So, so he still there, had there's a city. the mentality. He grew up yep. with a city mentality. His father had there a city mentality. There it is. And then, um, but like. I get. I think I get that from my father. So I okay. have this um, insane problem where I think like when when my wife is like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go out with friends. I'm like, I love that she go, has friends that she goes out with. I think it's great. But if like I don't hear from her by like one in the morning or something, I'm like, oh my god, a Lyft driver kidnapped her. She's dead. Like I literally go into worst case scenario mode in my head, and it's only with people that usually get back to me. It's not with random like random people who I'm like, oh, I text somebody, they didn't text me back for two weeks. I don't give a shit about that. But like somebody who I'm like, like you, where I'm like, hey man, we're gonna do a show this week, and I don't hear back for a day. I'm like, okay, he was really busy. And then I don't hear back the second day, I hit you up again. I'm like, hey man, just checking in, making sure you're okay. And all the messages are coming back green, not blue. So I'm like, okay. What does you, that mean? That means that the the SMS is just is all I'm using and that the, your iPhone-ness oh, of my it. iPhone is not coming through. So oh, I'm like, okay. so he's out of range. He's out of range wherever he is that these messages are green. And now I'm like, okay, so I check your social media posts, and they're like a week or so old. And the last time we text that, that I got a response to was Sunday. So I'm like, this is getting weird. And I text Eddie, and he's like, and we are in a three-way text, me, you, and Eddie, and I don't hear from you, and that's just me and Eddie going back and forth. And then finally I'm like, I hit Eddie up. I go, hey, man, have you heard from Brian? Because I haven't talked to him in like since Sunday. And he's like, no, dude, I called and I never heard back. And I was like, okay, dude, don't you think that's weird? He's like, well, I, mean, I don't know. I'm like, well, th- all right. So then I wait another day. And then I called again. I called once, left a couple more texts. And then I was like, I called Eddie and I go, hey, man, can you get Natalie's phone number for me? 
so I can call Natalie just to just to be like, if he's out of town, if he's shooting something, if he's busy, if he's swamped, just someone to tell me that he's not like down a ravine, like you know the car's teetering on a cliff, he can't reach his phone, like or you went into that house across the street, never came out. <laughs> you That's know what a I mean? fair one. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. Or, or or you know anything? Any? There was a thousand things in my head that were like, oh man, you know. And I'm, like, I'm telling Nicole she's leaving for work today. I go, you know, I haven't heard from Brian. And I go, I said in two weeks. She goes, two weeks. I go. <laughs> Well, since Sunday, she goes okay. Two weeks, uh, or well, three days. Yeah, maybe. so I was like, I was like, maybe it's not two weeks, but like, I was like, so I was very worried. And then, in the midst of me and Eddie texting about me calling Natalie, you text me, and you're like, "Hey, sorry, man, I've been in the mountains for three days with no cell service." And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool, no big deal." <laughs> no, but what you, what, one of your texts, or maybe you, you told me on the phone. I can't remember what it was. You said, well, "I was, you know, I was, try- I was, I was getting worried. I, I was gonna, I was gonna reach out to Natalie." So. I was laughing. She came to pick us up at school, and I told her that you said that. And she goes, "Well, I don't know how." She goes, "He's fifty percent a good friend because no one ever reached out to me to find out if you were okay." So, thinking about it and actually following well, through on well, it, I was going to give it the weekend. Her joke. Her point was like, yeah, you know, yeah. I, her point was like, I love when people are like, "Dude, I was so worried about you, but I didn't do anything. I just went like that." That's that's kind of like half the joke, right? Like I was really, I mean, I, I thought. Well, you know, I calmed I was down. Concerned. I but. calmed down once I realized it had only been since Sunday. Yeah, and then I was like, "I'll give it the weekend in case he is out of town." And then it was like, "Then I'll then I can maybe go online and hit up his parents, find out what's going if it you know." Look, it's fair, dude. As we all know, my infamous story of the 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 post I had on Facebook back in my social media days of how long do you have to how long before you worry about your neighbor not being around? Should you be concerned? That 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 is a that statement right at the time was a fucking joke. Mm-hmm. That turned into hey everybody days my later killed himself <laughs> days fucking later it yeah. turned into the truth yeah right like so there is there's some legitimacy so that's it. why I want to talk about the trip to the mountains <laughs> just glad you're not dead and uh, and I, I know this worry thing I know it's on me I don't I can't expect anybody else no, to but change it's nice that you even worried like, like some people just don't look we live in a world where our world I'm talking about our bubble like I don't get I'm not I'm no longer offended by people who don't reply to my text because I also understand sometimes you may actually get it you may be in the middle of something for example like you may be in 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 the middle of production or something like that you may see the text and look at it and go shit okay I got I'll, I'll respond or you thought I respond and then you just don't it's something personal it's just like something else is going on so we live in that world of like I'm not going to um I'm not t- I'm not going to take it personally yeah no that you kind can't. of thing you can't you know, but then for you, it's like after a while, it's like if you keep sending something to somebody that you know that normally they get back to you after a while and they don't, then I, it's I mean, totally legit that you'd be like, "What the fuck? Is he pissed? It, it, Is well, he, did he lose his fucking phone?" To, Is for he... me, it's it's always like, "Oh my god, they're dead!" Like and, and, literally, and, and, like every friend I've had have been out partying with them till wee hours or whatever. Are dead? And then they go oh. and they go home and then they don't call me or I don't I don't hear back from them for like two or three days. I'm like, yeah. "Oh my god, that person's dead." Well, you've got a little. Well, yeah, because of Chris Farley. But so like you not not you had nothing to do with Chris Farley. That's what I'm Jesus, saying. My yeah, point what? my point <laughs> is like, but that's that classic example well, of people yeah. that go out partying. And then uh, the worst case example is they end up dead yeah. at the end of their binge. But 
Also, in fairness to you guys with me, I don't really do social media anymore. I've kind of have given up on it. So when you look at my social media. That's another thing. It's, you know, there's, there's nothing space on there. Be like a month apart. So I'm just like, well, that's not that helpful. I just gave. No one's interested in what I have to fucking say. And quite frankly, I'm barely interested in what I have to that's fucking fair. say. So there's no point in saying anything, right? I'm still really interested in what I have to say. Well, I, I'm very. <laughs> I, I have a lot of important Most shit. people are. And I that's why social media is so ideas. I have a lot of plans. Schemes, <laughs> if you will. Schemes. Uh, I get schemes. Um, so yeah, anyway, so yeah, we went deep into the mountains for a science camp for the kids in elementary school. And, um, my memories consist mostly of the smell of farts. Yes. And feet. So imagine 14 boys in one small cabin. Smelling like old McDonald's fries. I, I, it's at one point I remember like, I'm a pretty good dude, like (laughs) with the kids. Like I don't, I'm not a yeller, but I remember at one point I'm like, that's it guys. I'm done. I'm out. I'm I'm sitting outside for the rest of the day. I can't, I can't. I can't do this anymore. And then there was at one point that they taunted me. <laughs> All the kids who could fart on demand were running into the room, farting, and then running away. Oh, I, I like, love it. It was just, <laughs> I warned a couple. I'm like, you got, one of you guys is going to shart, just so you know. And I'm not helping You're going to take a poopy in your underpants, and them. no one's going to wipe your ass. No. No, I warned them. I'm like, I'm like, you know, and I, there was a couple times that kids accused each other of pooping pants. And then there was one, we had one issue because I had the fifth graders on one side and sixth graders on the other side. Boy, and, howdy. And one of the kids went in and they each one, they had their own bathrooms. And one of the kids went in and went, somebody peed all over in here. And so there was this, it was this, it was a, it was a, a, first it started out as a crime scene investigation within their own group. And then it went to, well, if nobody in our group did it, then that means there was intent on the other side. So that now it turns into a pee prank that the sixth graders went in and peed, you know, and are, are like they've got they've got a pact that they're not going to own up to it. But then there's the other side of like, but like what if there's a pee. kid who's got an <laughs> issue that did it and doesn't want to own up to it, right? So then I was like, I, I, I decided in the end, I went to the fifth graders and I'm like, we're just going to blame the sixth graders on this one and let it go. Okay. We're just not out. We're just going to clean it up. Not you guys. Unfortunately, it turns out I didn't sign up for this, but I will clean it I up. I have to clean it up. Yeah. And we're just going to assume the sixth graders did it because basically in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm protecting one of you here. So you don't have put an to end to it. Put, put an, an end to it. Just, it's yeah. got, it's got to come to an end. Okay. And thankfully that there was also no other, like it didn't escalate. To like wiping poop on the walls. Well, or... there was, I had to clean up. Yeah, look, I'm going to tell you something. When you, you I, this is to. what I don't know, I didn't realize going in. I knew there were going to be long days. I knew the days were going to be long. <laughs> but I just, I don't, the unclogging of toilets, oh, the cleaning Jesus. up of fecal matter, the cleaning <laughs> up of urine, the, the things that like, of course it's going to happen. There's, there's a baker's dozen of these motherfuckers in there. What did you think? Was going to happen You know what I mean Like of course Stuff like that Was going to happen It was minimal But there were moments Where I was like God I just thought I was up here To tell them to shut up Every once in a while That was it Gotta clean up the poopies Yeah Or the pee pee Or the the whatever Or the burpees Or just the smell Just the smell in general Of like Because it's hiking And you're in the middle Of nowhere And there's no laundry. So just the smell. Dink just pits smell. and, feet Arm, and yeah. boots and yeah, like boots and farts and pits and just yeah. and socks. Bottle that. Just smell. I will say that the overall these kids were like they were like when it was shower time like absolutely let's get, let's do this. And I was like thank god. Well, these are taking Thank god showers. they at least yeah. did that. Yeah. And these motherfuckers all of them they go to bed and read. Yeah, you took a bunch of dorks to the woods and no, they nerded I, good out. Good kids. They were good kids, oh, but they sorry. smelled. 
They were good kids. Good, smelly kids. They smelled. They were disruptive just enough to remind you that they are children. But, like, even I was disruptive. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm still a boy. Yeah, at you, the went end out, of the day. you went and, and farted all out while they were sleeping. Even <laughs> I got my revenge. There was a couple, Mr. <laughs> Irwin. There was a, there was a couple times like, Mr. Irwin, can you tell Adrian to stop jumping on my bed and farting in my face? And I was like, Adrian, how about we don't, how about we don't fart in people's faces? Like, I don't know you, and this is the first time I've learned your name is when I found out you fart in people's faces, and I'll never forget it. Yeah. <laughs> now Adrian is always a name that is associated with a face farter. Yes. And. Uh, Nothing you can uh, do about so it. So, Adrian, if you wouldn't mind, I mean, I know we're all creating memories here. And yeah. I said to him, I go... And I'll never I, forget you. He go, <laughs> and I said to him, I go, I know this is about creating memories because this is this is a moment in your life that you're never going to forget. And I go, Adrian, you have to remember that I don't think Stephen wants the only memory from camp to be a your kid Your asshole Adrian. farting in his <laughs> fucking direction. Maybe he wants to remember the hike. But instead, right now, the only thing he's got going for is... Your butthole. Yeah. It's gross. Stop doing it, Adrian. And I please to God hope you did not take your pants off. Oh, God. College style to fucking do it, right? <laughs> there was, there. by the way, we had to have two meetings about when when we're in the cabin, we're not all just taking our shirts off. And I know that, like, who gives a shit? Like, it's like, what if we're all at a pool? Like, of course your shirts are off. But in today's climate, again, you can't, I, you know, you cannot just be running around with your fucking shirts off. Did you, were there, or this is just guys? Yes, but there are rules. There are society rules. There are LUSD rules. There You're in the woods, rules. man. There are campground rules. And Keep your shirt on as a campground Dude, rule? Dude, okay, first off, I want to be very clear. Fuck all you pedophile pieces of shit in all these fucking years. <laughs> what? Because it's it's because of fucking pedophiles. Why? I mean, oh, so I, I I'm like, wait a minute. I understand Ooh, it. It's because of fucking creep dogs and fucking pedophiles. They're fucking cameras and they're fucking this. And so fucking now it's that. just protecting the kids. It, yeah. From and so I get it. Perverts in but the woods. The problem is you can't go that deep on these fucking conversations with these kids. You just have to be like, keep We're your not shirts on. Sh-. And they're like, but why? And you're like. Because, because people will want to photograph your nipples and they're going to whack off Which, to them okay. and that's illegal. And that's when John was asked to, <laughs> to be a part of the campground. I can't, what do you mean I can't be a camp counselor? Yeah. So you just kind of have to be like, just because. Because. That's it. And I'm sure there's at least one kid in there that already knows. And he knows. And he's not saying anything. He knows why you're saying it. And thankfully he's not because I just didn't want to have the fucking conversation. Yeah. So we, we got to the point where we were able to create negotiation. Which was, Fine. Leave me the fuck alone. Here's the deal. When the lights are off because we're in the woods and nobody can see shit, like there's no glow of, of the moon, there's no glow of anything. Like I Take your shirts off. Take, <laughs> fucking have a shirt-a-thon, shirt-off-a-thon. I don't care, but when there's light, there's shirts on. That's that. And they, for whatever reason, they're like, that's fair, that's fair, we can do that. And sure shit. <laughs> because they're kids. They're every gone. kid that wanted to fucking rip his goddamn shirt off, it was like, as soon as the lights went off, you could just hear fucking shirts flying fucking off. Well, or whatever. hey. I don't care. It was fine, it was good. It was, But that was, the trip was just long days. It At first, at first I thought it was going to be really hard to be somewhere where you had no internet and no cell phone, nah. but after a while, I didn't give two shits. Nah, it gets, gets easy. The sad part was there was only four people that were looking for me. One of them was not my wife. There was four people. <laughs> me? You, Eddie, uh-huh. Jeff Cooper, uh-huh. and um, I can't remember the fourth person was right now. the fourth now, one but... your mom? Nope. No, my wife and my family knew all knew... The, oh, Peter Sprite. So uh, the four of you guys, that was it. The only four people. I mean, I had a shitload of texts from people, but like no one was like, where are you? Only four people were like, dude, 
where are you? The rest of the texts were like, hey, blah, 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 this, hey, blah, 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 that. And that they didn't get responded to, they were like, eh, whatever. Right. So maybe in the future, those four people, you could just go, hey, well, FYI, now I know. I'm cruising out of town. Now no I know. No reception. Going to be gone for three, four days. Now I know. Peace out. Here's Natalie's number if you freak out and can't get a hold of me. Uh, Aaron Hayes was up there with me. She was one of the uh, uh, farters. Yeah. <laughs> She's one of the many, many farters. She was one of the camp counselors with me, so we uh, um, we did we did. How's she doing? Uh, she's fine. It was funny because you know the ca- the counselors were like, "Well, some of you uh, look familiar because you've been here before," and some of you I just can't place where you're at. And Aaron and I were talking about that before. I was like, <laughs> "She," I go, I go. You know what I love about you is like you didn't be like, "Well, you know, I'm on television," which I know of course you would. She goes, "Could you imagine if I was like, well, you probably recognize me from?" I go, "If you had done that." I go, no offense, I would have fucking laughed uncontrollably if you would have tried to give your IMDb fucking credits. Because you, you might would... remember me from such TV <laughs> shows as Children's Hospital. That they Kevin James debacle. Yeah, they eventually, which is hilarious. Um, my, I heard my son tell somebody at one point when it came up, because somebody had said, oh, you know that woman's in television. And my son went... Yes, she was on some TV show with a guy named Kevin James who fired her unfairly, and that guy is a jerk, and no one likes him. And I'm like, okay, all right, kid, all right. That say, He's listening odd... to the podcast. We had so there was a Thunderdome there. Oh yeah, Lord of the Flies Thunderdome. There was a Thunderdome, so they had this. They had I, we we were walking around, and they had like this little like third world country like dirt basketball area and like soccer world area, and then there was this. Octagon, like this fenced-in area, like this walled-in area, and it was called Gaga Ball. I'd never heard of Gaga Ball, but the kids apparently knew it. I was like, "Oh, okay, okay." Yeah. And they were like, "Yeah, can we go up to the Gaga Ball court?" And I was like, "What is Gaga Ball?" And I guess what it is is it's a ball that sticks. It's a no, no. It's a ball in there that you can only smack at people on the ground like a kickball, and you smack it, and you have to hit them in their legs or their feet, and then they're out. But as many, it's it's like a, it's almost like bullfighting in there. Like you know, you could th- like throw everyone in there in the, into the into the Thunderdome, mm-hmm. and then all hell breaks loose. But there was another school there, ooh. So you would go up there and fucking there's like like you know, thirty kids in the dome, thirty kids sitting on the outside of the dome and just screaming. Wow. And it was like straight up, and I just kept chanting Thunderdome. And by the way, not a single fucking child knows what a Thunderdome is. No, because they also don't know what a Mad Max is. Correct. What a Tina Turner is. Well, you know. And I, I sang, We Don't Need Another Hero, and no one really was with me. I bet right. a lot of people were against you, in fact, <laughs> and wanted you to be quiet, my guess would be. But I kept chanting Thunderdome. They're like, it's Gaga Dome. It's a Gaga Dome. Why do you keep going Thunderdome? But I, I, I refused. I was like, no. If I leave you with anything, it's fucking thunder. And then kids it's kept going, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. And that's and they kept going, what is Mad Max? I'm like, someday I hope you guys get to watch Mad Max. And I go, someday I hope you actually don't watch Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome because you're gonna be really disappointed. But <laughs> you will at least if understand. If you see the first couple and then you see that one, you're gonna be like, eh, okay. and I said to them, I go, but at least you'll understand Thunderdome. I got a couple kids to chant Thunderdome, but for the most part, they were like, can you just go away and yeah, let us old just man, do it? Uh, take your weird old talky pictures that you see in the theater and get. <laughs> but that was it. Other, otherwise, the rest of it was fine. And it didn't have a total Meatballs vibe to it. It was totally fine. God, Meatballs, what a great movie. Bill Murray's first movie. Was it really his first movie? It was his first movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that was me. That's that- where I was. I was out in the mountains. It was actually kind of fun. It was very interesting. Um, 
There was a, they, the kids saw a dead deer leg uh, that clearly was a, that was half eaten by like a mountain lion. And the weird thing about it is when you're up there, those people that teach up there, they don't touch shit. They're they're called naturalists for a reason. Like they they're like one with the earth, right? So like they're like, all right, everybody, let's let's make our turkey sandwiches. And everyone sat around and ate turkey sandwiches around a fucking deer leg that was left behind by a bobcat, and not a single fucking kid. It's amazing what happens when you get into an environment, like how you adapt to the environment. We went out to dinner last night when I got back, and Tanner was eating uh, chicken wings. And I thought it was going to, I couldn't, I'm like, I don't think I can ever eat a chicken wing again because I watched children eat a sandwich around a fucking dead deer leg. And so now I've got this weird thing where now I don't think I can ever, which is probably not a bad thing, I'll never be able to go to Buffalo Wild Wings again and mm. eat wild wings. Well, yeah, I think you'll live, but. <laughs> Well, that could also change. I mean, what, nine I beers is a, is a magic wonder. Who knows what's going to happen next time you drink to forget the leg? Have a couple the beers. The leg, the hoof. If I can get all lubed up in a Buffalo Wild Wings. At least no kid picked it up and started, you know, smacking other kids with a fucking, you know, a deer leg. Dude, you know? we uh, put, anyway. my friends put a dead deer leg in a, a severed deer leg in my friend's car in college. Never would have thought you had a follow-up deer leg story, but that's, <laughs> and that's he life. Went, he went crazy. He went insane. And I mean, feel like you told me this story. Yeah, he they came, hit it though, didn't they? They, hide put it, it? they put it just under the seat, and then he was like in his car looking for something. And he, you know, how you put your hand under the seat because like, oh, something dropped under here, and he feels. Imagine it. feeling that. He pulls Imagine it. Imagine him. And he f- comes running like I'm. I'm. We're just in the in his house, just drinking beers, and he was like, probably I was probably drinking beers, hiding the beer cans in the couch because he hated when I did that because he was like, hey, oh my don't, god, what were you don't people leave, doing <laughs> to this guy? He's like, don't leave your empties here anymore. And I go, oh, okay. And I would start like putting them under the couch and in the cushions and stuff. And then he comes running in with, he's like, what, what? And we all start laughing. And he's like, it's a fucking hoof. <laughs> he goes fucking <laughs> and that's what he said. Dude, he just ran in and said, "It's dude, a fucking dude." My friend Dan to this was day, he mad or shocked? He or was both? mad as hell, dude. Oh, okay. He was mad. And and my and where did it come from? By the way, well, who knows? But we, we live up northern Wisconsin, so right. everyone hunts that's and like true. we had deer, deer parts everywhere. Um, there <laughs> were like auto parts. You could, deer go to, parts? you could go to random places, just a like deer hanging at someone's garage. Yeah, You're true. like, that's good true. god, that's true. Um, but yeah, man, he and and my friend, this kid over, he had a tendency to overreact, which is why we would do things to him because it would just like like if he Fair was going to walk in and go, hey man, real good one, and then toss the thing in the trash. It's no fun. That's why is that fun? Yeah, no. no we had, I had a, I have a sister that when we were growing up, we we intentionally would go after her because we knew we could. The best yeah, reaction. She's You're right, go fair crazy. Enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah, But um, yeah, so that was my that's my follow-up. It's a fucking, I'm a fucking hoof. <laughs> my friend Dan all the time says, It's a fucking hoof. <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. So how was your trip? Good, man. All Good. When we talked when I was in San Francisco, right? That mm-hmm. was the last that was the last podcast. Yeah. Um yeah, San Francisco. I was in San Francisco with Dan Cummins, and we were at the punchline the day they found out they were having to shut their doors. What? Because uh, they've been bought out, and they won't be able to renew their lease after 40 years in the same location. They think they're being bought out by a tech company, because that's what's going on. The building. The, the bu- whole building. The building, yeah. I've never been there, so um, I'm assuming that they're they're in a shared property is that it so there's something else there no it's, or is it being a, knocked down it, and they're going to move it might in? be part of an office complex that's what i mean so it's, it's part of the, something it's in the financial district it's a very it's an interesting location because it's not 
around like downtown San Francisco. Yeah. When you leave the punchline, it's a ghost town because everyone went home from work at like five. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about San Francisco. There are certain parts of it that are yeah, just... I mean, clean, not dangerous. Yeah, no, I'm saying, but like, just shut down. Like, yeah, it's just, just certain absolutely. Parts. San Francisco, is, it's got its places. Yeah, for and sure. No one goes, you know, when you're done in this area, you're done for the day. Yeah. And so the I think the punchline will benefit from a, a, a new location. You know what I mean? Like so they're going to stay. They're, they're just gonna, moving. Yeah, they're just they're moving. Yeah. But it's going to be a process. And they've been in that building for a long time. And there's a lot of people that you know uh, feel strongly yeah. about it. And so it was a little bit weird with the staff and like just kind of being a little bit sort of sad, but also at the same time sort of kind of like what's next? You know, what ch- we'll do something else. And they take care of their employees, and they're really good. they Great staff. The woman who runs it is great. Like, how is San Francisco for comedy for you? Like, uh, not what I thought it was gonna. Interesting. Be. Explain. Uh, last time I was at the Punchline, I crashed an open mic, and it was 2010, and I destroyed. I did really well. I had a great six-minute set that I was really happy with. Now, let me ask you a question. Were you in an area <coughs> that was different? Uh, do, do they have that kind of thing? Like, you can go to certain areas and people are like, yay, and you can go to other areas and they're like, I don't know. I mean, is it, is it, is it that segregated comedically up there or it has nothing to do with it? No, I don't think that has anything to do with it only because San Francisco is so small. Okay. You know what I mean? As a city, it's not very big. You can pretty much walk the whole city. So the city mentality doesn't change. I from... think it's kind of universal there. Okay. And I don't know if I'm going to say this right, but like, <laughs> I feel like they might be too politically correct for their own good when it comes to stand-up comedy. Just comedy. Because they do great things politically. Yeah. The way yeah, they, see, yeah. The, way they and, see the world. And I understand their thoughts, and I understand what their would be, they would be, you know, not laughing at kind of deal. Yeah. But, but it's just too bad, almost, because there were some times when, because uh, like I said, I was working with Dan Cummins, and, and I'm not speaking for him in any in any sense, but... But there were times when, like, I would see things that he does that uh, kill on other shows kind of be over-evaluated. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. almost like they're taking what you're saying, and then they're processing it, and they're evaluating it. And they're not just letting that initial, like, oh, I, I'm relating to this. I'm laughing at it. And maybe it was, they didn't relate. I mean, you know, a lot of it could have been on me. Now, I'm not saying the shows were bad, because they weren't. We had a really good time. Um, the crowds were afterwards were really supportive. They came and bought merch. They were friendly. They talked to us. You know what I mean? What would be a perfect example of something you would say that they were kind of on the edge about? I do. That it, you didn't think would be well, on the edge type of... Sometimes I can see it, but I do a joke about a story that happened to me where a homeless guy offered to suck my dick. And I talk about... Hold on. Mom and Dad, if you could just turn <laughs> off for just a second. Like <laughs> Look, uh, when I was at Zany's in Chicago, my mom brought out I've said this before. I think my second grade teacher and the former mayor of Warrenville for the last 50 years. Does he still wear the mayor she, banner? Her. Like Mayor McCheese? Her. She's 91. Does she, came she out still wear the Mayor McCheese banner? Yes, she okay. wears a Mayor McCheese banner. And uh, and she came out, and I told this joke in, in front of her, and she's like, I had a great time. She's like, she, so, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Who are you? Well, it was just, it was like, you don't. I, I kind of get it though. Like I, when I talk about homeless people, sometimes it makes people uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? Like, and in a place like San Francisco, where they've sort of herded all their homeless into the tenderloin area, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like, kind of d- done away with crime in the rest of the city, so to speak, um, they were just not super into that chunk of it. But then once it continued, they they came along. You know what I mean? And there there was some other things I can't remember. Like. Uh, just some jokes I had where I, I sort of 
mock other people and 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 and, and just regular people. You know what I mean? Just not not like differently abled or not like uh, you know. I, I'm I, sorry, what? Differently abled? Is that? A, did you just get that one from San Francisco? Is that a new? No, term? but you know what I mean. Like I'm not like I wasn't like I do a joke about where I talk about uh, somebody with an amputation isn't going to do that naturally. They're going to. They're not going to be like, oh, no, drugs? No, I'm going to have a whiskey and a bullet. We're going to do this naturally, like it's a civil war or whatever. Mm-hmm. When I'm talking about natural childbirth, but they didn't want to come along for that so okay. much. Okay. You know what I mean? But but also, like, and then when I talk about natural childbirth, part of it is me going, look, I don't know what it's like to have a baby. I'm not a psycho. I'm not going to pretend I'm, I'm up here like I know, you know, and then. No, I get that. I, I see, you know my old joke about my wife having the baby and stuff like that, and it's pretty descriptive. I mean, mm-hmm. when I get into very very conservative religious areas they they don't want to hear they don't want to hear the truth and so that that's fine i mean well, yeah. i mean the truth they don't really want to hear the real story of how birth is they want really? to know birth is the miracle right. and that's it and you move on and you're like well no actually if you've been in there it's, it's not it's a miracle not, it's, it's not, a freak of nature it's not what yeah. you think it is and it's a shock to the system and hence that's the whole point but they're not they mentally are like no the but, answer is fucking no right and dan they don't say fucking and either. dan does a, a thing at the end of his show where he's like he talks about groups of people that he thinks could be eliminated uh and it's very dan, dan cummins if you've never listened to him it's his birthday today by the way so happy, birthday, happy birthday dan 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 has gotten me so much work over the last couple of years but on top of it he's such a good comic like mm-hmm. he's he consistently puts up new stuff and like works he's like a carlin he literally types it out. he is a he is a carlin he's a modern day carlin and his jokes resonate in that tone, which is like, hey, we don't need guys talking on their cell phones on speakerphone in public. We don't need that. If you've got a working arm, put your fucking phone up to your ear. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so he and he and I'm not doing it any justice. He has a bit about it. It's yeah, funny yeah, yeah, yeah. when he does it. Um, but like that, that at the end, he's like, he goes through these groups of people, and then he goes, and the last group, anybody who came to my show tonight, expecting to have a good time, and then words that I said made them feel bad. You know what I mean? He kind of mocks him. He's like, "Oh, they don't like me at work." <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's and that kind of loosens him up to the point where, like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be so uptight all the time. But it was ju- definitely not the looseness of like Chicago or New York or you know uh, even Los Angeles, where people are just like they, they get what you're doing is comedy. You know what I mean? And it's not necessarily your you know you're not going to walk around enforcing all your views, right? But you know, so but it, again, San Francisco is such a fun city. It's amazing. Like, I love being up there. I went to Oakland. I got on my friend's boat. Like, I had a great time uh, hanging out with him. And and then Nicole came up. And Nicole's friend Michelle is in San Jose. And San Jose is beautiful. And it's only like forty five minute drive back and forth. And I don't know. It was it was a, it was a lot of fun. You know what I mean? I always like going up there. I love working with Dan. Um, Where'd you go from there? I came. Oh, from there I came. I drove. Drove back from San Francisco on that Sunday, and then on Monday, I got on a plane to Chicago. So I was in Chicago by 4 o'clock in the afternoon. My mom picked me up at the airport. I spent one night at my mom's house. The next morning at like 3 a.m., I took her old Jeep that she sold to my brother. What kind of Jeep? Like the Jeep I drive Jeep? Uh, older. Or, or like... 2008. No, no. no not, the, not the... The SUV Jeep. Yeah, it's like a... Is it an hard, SUV hard Jeep? T- hard top. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. Well, is it no, no? Is it an SUV Jeep or is it like a Jeep CJ5, like old school Jeep? No, like, no, 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 not an old school Jeep. It's, it's like, like an SUV. Yeah, it's oh, a 2008, okay. whatever. Yeah. But Cherokee. Yeah, but yes, yes. There we go. But um, good, good Jeep talk, everybody. Good Jeep talk <laughs> tonight yeah. on Jeep talk. Uh, and she was, she just got a new car. She bought a Subaru, which she's very happy with. And my brother 
needs a second car because Subaru is our mom's cars. It's I'm starting to see like everyone, all moms drive uh, Subarus now. Can't yeah. see uh, but um, so my brother's getting a second car. So I was trying to be nice, and I had trying to be nice. No, where's that leading? No, no, Does that no, mean no. you ended up not being nice? No, no when you say it that way, dude, it's like no. What? I, okay, so you decided to be nice in, in order to help my brother out. I offered to drive the car from Chicago to New York. Mm-hmm. So I left at 3 a.m. on that Tuesday. I was in New York by 4 p.m. Wait, when did you leave? 3 a.m. on Tuesday morning. And you got so you drove straight. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I keep thinking you're not going cross country. No, I'm just. So I how mean, many? So how many hours was that? Then? It was the problem was it ended up being about 16 in the long run. So maybe it was like six six thirty before I got to. What the fuck can you do that? But the last two and a half were literally in New York. In traffic, but still trying. Like everything else was smooth sailing. Jersey, going through Jersey was awesome. Got into New York, all this construction, a Yankee game, all this other bullshit. I finally so you lost get to your fucking mind. I didn't lose my one. mind, but I had to pee for like two hours. It was kind so of so. How many stops do you make in a? T- so the first part of it was about fourteen hours. Yeah. So how many stops do you make during that? And do you stop for a while and like chill out, or do you like stop? No, I stop. Pee, I get eat, gas. Go. I, I try to. I try to coordinate it. So I stop. I get gas. I pee. And if I need coffee, I grab coffee or a snack. Man, I couldn't. I don't. I th- I'd have to break that down into two. I, I can't. I don't think I could do that long it, sitting that, that like that. You know, it's crazy. I was just talking about this with Nicole because it didn't really feel like it was that long. I was kind of in my own world. I was. I had music to listen to. I was. Well, I'm assuming you're seeing parts of America you maybe never seen before too. Oh, Is I mean, that... no. I've driven from LA. I'm driven from Illinois to New York before. It's oh, not, you have. Yeah, I went up to see Grateful Dead shows in Buffalo. I've gone up to see. Fish on the East Coast. So this route like, is something you've taken before. It is, but but not in with this mindset and not with the idea that I'm getting to uh, that I living in that kind of present moment as I observe what I'm seeing. You know what I mean? Like, and I can't remember when you get into Pennsylvania. Do you have to go through the mountains? A no. little bit of a windy thing, or it, you? Bypass? Well, it gets a little windy, but you're not necessarily up in the mountains. Okay. Um, I thought the weirdest thing for me was I got like Chicago smooth sailing. I get into Indiana. And the sun starts to come up when I'm getting towards Ohio. But through all that time in Illinois and Indiana, then I and I see no police. I saw no cops, no state, no state cops, nothing. Uh, I get to Ohio. I must have seen 50 uh, highway patrol cars before I got into Pennsylvania, where I then only saw one cop helping someone on the side of the road, and then saw no cops in New York. Interesting. It was weird. It was weird. Yeah. They must make a lot of money with highway patrol. Well, in, in Ohio. I've been arrested in Ohio. And I didn't care for it, and I didn't care for the mentality, and I don't necessarily care for the mentality that, that sort of uh, encapsulates the whole state. But like, I know there are good people there, and I have a good time when I'm there. But I did have, I had a warrant out for my arrest for seven years in Ohio. You know what? That's, but is, I mean, well, I, the I, guy was like, "You have to come back for court." I go, "I'm going to college next month. I'm not driving from Wisconsin to Ohio for court." When you said only seven years, so eventually the warrant just goes away. Yeah, because oh. it's a bench warrant. It's not. It wasn't a felony or anything. It was like marijuana possession or some bullshit oh, charge. You were you were juggling some some marijuana sticks. Well, I was in a car sleeping, and the asshole driving went through a toll booth at like seventy-five miles an hour because he didn't <laughs> have thirty-five cents. But again, how old was he? Well, we were yeah, we were seventeen, yeah, eighteen years okay, old. Okay, so that was the choice made. Actually, yeah. there was no choice. That was what the brain. Well, I mean, we woke up with squad cars behind us. I was like, "What's going on?" I was like, "Oh man, I went through a toll booth," and everyone was like, "What are you a fucking moron?" A toll and then booth. they just like started searching the car and pulled us oh, all out. Oh god! Of course, he searched based on your age. It was the day the ro- it was the day that Wisconsin was in the Rose Bowl '93. Oh really? Because I'm handcuffed to a bench. I go, "Hey," and I'm wearing a Wisconsin sweatshirt. And I go, "I'd like to know the because my aunt lived up there and she sent paraphernalia down." And, and I was like, "I'd like to know the score of the game." The guy goes, "No." I go, "You're a dick." He goes, yeah. 
He goes, you're going to have to come back for court. I go, what if I don't? He goes, well, there's going to be a warrant out for you for seven years, and you can't come back to Ohio. I go, that's a loss. Yeah. I go, you can fuck off, dude. And I never, I went back, I did go back. Within that seven years, I went back once to my friend's farmhouse to go party. Did you, did you feel dangerous? I literally was like in a car like, man, please don't get pulled over. Please don't get pulled over. Because I didn't want to deal with it. But uh, then I, you know, seven years, it goes away. Because there was nothing. It was a $200 fine. And they were like, you got to come back for court. I'm like, no, that's stupid. Anyway, uh, yeah. so that, anyway, that so I have I do have a little bit of a beef with Ohio, but so all right, fair enough. And those are all legit. And so so you're in, so you get to New York. Did you spend any time in New York? Doing any shows in New York? No shows no? in New York. Oh, I spent. Uh, I got to my brother's on uh, that Tuesday night, and then I hung out with him and his kid. His wife was uh, working out of town, and then Wednesday, Jeff had to go to work. So I spent the whole day with my niece and how old now? Uh, she is going to be three in July. Okay. Um, and they did they live in Manhattan? They did. They live in Queens now. They have a house in Queens. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you just kind of spent some time around, just in the neighborhood, kind of thing. Just with her at the house. Yeah. And oh, then the house. and then oh, his okay. mother in law came over and and we were with the kid all day. Uh, and then Thursday he drove me to. Uh, I took a mega bus. He told, drove me to a bus stop. I took a mega bus from uh, New York to Boston. What's a mega bus? A mega bus. Okay. So for a hundred and twenty one dollars, I could have taken a train. Would have taken four and a half hours from New York to Boston, or for $14, I can take a mega bus, which is a double-decker tank bus. Ooh, like it's basically, decker. it's basically like being on an airplane. Did you sit up top? Yeah, I, I did. never sat up top on it. I wouldn't do it again oh. because it's glass and the sun is... Oh, I, I thought you were saying it's scary because there's all glass. And you're no, worried. it's like you fall asleep with overcast. You wake up with like a sweat stash because <laughs> the sun is just beating down on you. But it was a $14, same exact amount of time. Put me... Put me into New York. I, I was at my brother, or put me into Boston a quarter mile from where the club and the hotel were. So I just walked. Well, then what's the point of taking a train if uh, it's. I mean, I wanted to because I like trains, but they're so fucking expensive, it doesn't make any sense. What was what was the clientele like with you on the mega bus? They were fine. They were regular people who probably do make that trip all the time. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? They were like commuters and business oh, okay. people, and then also like travelers and people probably staying at hostels and doing whatever. It wasn't like. It wasn't like the Greyhound station. Like literally, we met on the side of the road, and then these buses pull up, and you just go, "Oh, those are Boston." And you first get off, on. when you say it that way, it doesn't sound legitimate, but that's fine. It's a guy named Megabus. I don't know. He goes by a nickname. He has an eye patch. He's a, a peg leg. Large Marge. <laughs> Tell him Large Marge sent you. <laughs> and when I got to Boston, I was like, "Guys, Large Marge sent me." <laughs> so, um, uh, who were you with in Boston? Again, I worked with Dan Cummins okay. in Boston. Right. Yeah, okay. so it was two weekends in a row, different, uh, different. That's sizes. interesting that he went from San Francisco. To Boston, yeah, yeah, he's he's all over the place, man. No, but you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. There's air travel and there's like science and like the future. But like, my point is, you would right. think if you're on the West Coast, you would go West Coast, West Coast, West Coast, and you, you know what I mean. You would yeah. slowly plot your, but you know, yeah. But, but, but he'll do he, he'll do that at the end of the year. He's got some dates in L.A. and then La Jolla and right. you know, a couple other things. So, but yeah, so we did laughs comedy laughs. I think it's called laugh laugh Boston is what it's called. Um, Comedy club in the, connected to the Westin Hotel or whatever. Really nice setup, really nice staff. Like just a really fun time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Boston, I'd never been, so getting off that bus and walking out into the street was my first real time in in Boston. I've been and you were in I've been to, I've been to Massachusetts. I've been to Worcester. I've been to a couple other places for fish shows, but I've never been in the city of Boston. And we were on the outside of the city. You know, kind of on like where it was just sort of newly developed. It's like kind of by the water a little bit, but what are these fish shows? Are these where they show people fish? No, fish the band. Oh, is it? Are they still a band? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
but I'm, I'm talking about '93, and so when I would go see them, they would. I would oh. I've, I've been th- into Massachusetts, just never the city of Boston. So there are no shows where they show people just. <laughs> fish. Yeah, of course there are. There are fishing shows on TV all yeah. the time. But they're not just holding up fish and going, "This one, this one." No, that's like eighty percent of it. Yeah, <laughs> this one. How about this one, you guys? Yeah. Continue. Okay. Um, How anyway, about this one? The the Boston Boston as a city was like I I was impressed. You know what I mean? I really liked it. It was like it felt open enough that I wasn't didn't never felt crowded. Uh, it was clean. Uh, it was windy, windier than I'd ever known that Boston was supposed Is it to always be. Always windy? I have no idea. Oh, okay. But they were like since the, someone actually said since the buildings in that area went up, it's become kind of a wind. It tunnel. creates a th- yeah, yeah. It creates a thing. So because you're right on the water, like. At one point, I felt like I was going to get blown into the river. I was like, Jesus. Did um, you see the Afflecks? No, I didn't see the Afflecks. Don't they own and I Boston? didn't see uh, uh, Wahlberg, and I didn't see... Was he Boston? Yeah, Massachusetts, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but, so we did the shows, but then they, Dan and Lindsay, his wife, was in at those, at those shows as well, and uh, they bought tickets. They bought me a ticket to see the Red Sox play the Mariners oh. at Fenway. Uh, like, you know, What's that stadium play. like? It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, it, it was. It, it is. It's got that. It's got that exact Wrigley Field feeling when you're outside the stadium. People are into it. They're Does it like, feel small? It felt smaller than Wrigley. Okay, it did. And when I look at Wrigley on TV, Wrigley looks smaller. But it felt when I was in Fenway, it felt smaller. And I think it is a, a few thousand seats. Smaller than Wrigley, to be but honest. But that, but that, I see. I personally like that. I know it's not good for business. Oh no, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Everybody there was into the game. Everyone was having fun. Um, there were Mariners fans there. You know, um, they got smoked. The Mariners got smoked. It was a, it was a good action-packed game. Mariners scored a bunch of runs in the first inning. Uh, Boston had an eight-run third inning, which was pretty fantastic. But like, really an enjoyable experience. Like again, outside, leading up to the park, I walked from the hotel. It was like a three-mile walk. But you walk, went through, you know, different parts of town, and you it kind of, the stadium pops up, and you're like, like, I turned the corner, and I was like, oh, like, I, out loud. I was like, oh, fuck! <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was excited just to see Fenway, and then get to go in and see a game, man. It was, it was, a, it was, it was like the, it was, it had that Wrigley Field, like, Cubs, like, the fuck, people in there loved the Red Sox. They were there for baseball. They had a, were having a good time. Um, probably even more so for baseball than they are at Wrigley. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Wrigley gets a bad rap for being like, I don't know what the score is, but give me nine more Bud Lights or whatever, you know? And uh, I think that can happen at any stadium. It does. In it any does. Sport. It does. But for a long time when the Cubs were terrible, it wasn't about the baseball. It was about going into Wrigley and it being the biggest bar on the north side of Chicago, you know? Now it is about baseball because the Cubs are a dominant team, although losing two to the last place Reds in the last couple of days, it does nothing That's for what me. the Reds do every once in a while. I know. Well, they got series. good pitching. If they could, yeah. get, if they could rally around their pitching yeah. and get Joey Votto some help, I love that guy. Anyway, so yeah, Boston was great, man. Um, shows were a little bit weird in the sense that when I work with Dan, I'm used to more people being out specifically for him, whereas I feel like where we were. There were people from the hotel that were just like comedy, you know what I mean? Which is great, and I love comedy. But you know what I mean? Like yeah, some no, I totally like, mean. What's it. happening? And they don't. What's happening? So that it's, if it doesn't fit what they think is comedy, they can not be into it, you know. And you can, and the way they lit, lit that club, you can see the people that aren't into it, <laughs> which is hilarious because if you're having a good time and like you got six tables that are dying laughing, everything you say, 
you don't even you you almost stop caring about these people that are laughing, and you just kind of focus. I get on this that, but that's a comic's mind, though. Asshole that's, who's got his arms crossed like a jerk off. <laughs> that's a comic's mind, though. You never you start yeah. ignoring those that love you, and yeah. you start focusing. What's wrong on with this guy? That's right. <laughs> Why won't he like me? And that was because I made a comment a couple times, and after the show, the guy, this guy goes, "Hey, man, I know you felt like no one liked your set, but dude, we were dying. You were great." And I was like, "Oh." You also have to understand that not everybody is as outward as you want them to be. Some people yep. may genuinely have enjoyed themselves, and it may look like the whole time. And I'll never forget this. My favorite episodes of Welcome Back, Cotter is when Mr. Oh, Cotter becomes beautiful. a stand-up comedian, amazing, and his manager's in the back, and he goes, "I remember. I'll never forget this," which obviously. Goes a long way. If you think about how long ago Welcome Back Cotter was on. So my, my fascination with stand-up, that's how long ago it was. And I'll never forget, um, I think Gabe Kaplan had a horrible set. <laughs> and he goes, did you, you remember this episode? And he says to his, his manager, and I don't remember anything, so I, this obviously meant something to me. And he goes, nobody laughed. He goes, no, you did great. He goes, you weren't even laughing. He goes, no, no, I was laughing inside. I was laughing inside. And I'll never forget that. that that's the, all I got from that whole episode was, no, no. No, you're hilarious. No, but you didn't, you weren't laughing. No, no, I was. I was just laughing inside. <laughs> and that, I never, I don't know why I've never forgotten that line. Well, and so I always awesome. try to remind myself, like, maybe that's what these people are doing. Yeah. Just laughing inside. And you're right. And, and look, and comedy is subjective. And just because they don't like one joke doesn't mean they're not going to like all your jokes. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, I, you know, it was hit and miss on some stuff. And, and I'm, and in my, in the audience's defense, I am currently all over the place. I've just recorded that what I th- really think I have a strong CD that's being mixed right now that I recorded at Zany's uh, in April. And I think it's going to be really funny, and I'm really happy about it. But I'm also trying to put most of that material behind me yeah. so that when it comes out, I can have moved on from it. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of like trying all this new stuff, and when it doesn't hit right away... I bail and I go back to the stuff that I know is going to work. So if they're not laughing at new stuff, <clears throat> that's on me because I can definitely get them with the older stuff. But again, I'm trying to not do so much of that. If I learned anything from Gary Shandling when I watched him at the Comedy Magic Club, you just got to fight through it. You yeah. have to keep doing it because otherwise it'll never pay off in the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's big picture stuff, right? And that's, and I always go through this. Like when I start to like do new jokes and try to replace things, it's it's always a struggle and. And the confidence and figuring it out, and then, you know, and then a joke will click, and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's how you, that's how I tell that joke now, and that's how it gets the laugh, and that's where the laugh comes, and then I'm, then it's done, you know what I mean? Then I'm ready to keep move on and do that with the next couple of jokes. But it's just a process. If I have things that I think are funny and I know are funny, it's just a process of getting them into it. Yeah, but but also think about the times when you had when the first time you ever told a joke and it was the greatest response you ever got, and you never get that again, and you're like, what happened that night? That I never got that, and it does happen sometimes where there's the, the 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 audience was so in tune that you think, well, that's how that joke is always going to hit at this high, yeah, very well, very high level, and it and it it all it'll always continue to work, but never at that weird high level you get. That's yeah. also can be very hard to deal with. Well, you have to be careful where you try out new jokes, and I don't mean that in like a watch yourself. I mean like, <laughs> I just mean like. If your comedy works in Denver or comedy on state in Madison and you try a new joke, yeah, man, people might respond like you're the second coming of Richard Pryor. But keep in mind, those are some of the best audiences in the nation. Yeah. And they laugh real well, real hard, real long. You know, So 
you should be trying those jokes out at smaller stages in smaller rooms with less audience that's not interested. And if you can make them laugh with it, then you're on to something. Yeah. You know, it's like hard hard rooms are worth doing because you can work through shit and it it feels like you're accomplishing something. Nah, that goes for anything. That doesn't just go for stand up. I no, think anything I, in life. I yes. think it's, you have to put yourself through a little bit of adversity. I think in order to really truly appreciate and what enjoy it, is. it. Yeah. and enjoy that uh, adversity, enjoy those obstacles, well, enjoy that fight and that struggle and that. You know what I mean? Because it's hard to enjoy it in the moment, but it, I understand but, what you're but saying. But you know what? You should enjoy it in the moment because that's all you have is that moment. You know, honestly, and 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 I appreciate. I don't. Mean, we probably haven't really talked about that. I appreciate the fact that you put me on stage. You know, recently because I had taken so much time off. But like, I will say that was the one thing. You know, like me or not, love me, hate me, whatever. At least for me, like I just it's it. It was the first time in a long time where I was like I didn't nothing whether it would hit or didn't hit. It didn't bot like it didn't phase me. So it, so wasn't necessarily an enjoyment as much as it was like I would re- just respect the process enough where it's like, all right, well, okay, and then there's that, and then there's this, and you get this, and you didn't get this, and like that that kind of thing. There, there's still something true to be said for what, you know, uh, what, you know, I guess to define what you mean by, uh, you know, each person should define what they mean by enjoying the process, but there, there's definitely truth into what you're saying. Where'd you go from, what'd you do, uh, what? From Boston, that was was that it? Yeah, I flew. I flew back to L.A. on the twelfth. Oh, okay. I was back on Mother's and Day, and then you did. You were looked. You were looking for me for days, and then I couldn't find you. Okay. Yeah, uh, after we got invited down to Mexico, you disappeared, and I was like, maybe he went to Mexico and got trapped in his car. Mother's Day, I feel bad for Mother's Day because we had to do all sports, but the kids did see Ben Affleck at football, and did I did Natalie get to see Ben Affleck. Yeah, well, he walked right past us. His his brother, I think I've said this yeah, before. Casey's his brother, his coach brother coaches in the same league. But he's never there. But he obviously came to watch his nephews. And it was so funny because we were walking up the stairs. And even in the city uh, where all the stars are, it's funny to watch people. Be human. It's, <laughs> he starts walking down. And as right when he walks past every head, whoop, whoop, whoop. Because people are like, that's fucking Ben Affleck. And then look, he's... He's a fucking star. Like the he's guy a movie. played Batman, dude. He's a movie. Well, my point is, yeah, he's a movie star. Yes, he. Yes, is. his brother is is well known, and his brother did win an Academy Award. But Ben Affleck is a movie star. Is a movie star, For right? Sure. So it's like everybody, like you, Casey, could probably walk past people and they'd be like, uh, they would maybe, probably actually creep maybe. away and not- well, but, or just be like, oh, maybe you know what I mean? Like he's not. Um, but yeah, he walked past, and both my kids were like, uh, I think. Think I saw Batman, like because that's that's who yeah, he is to them. Yeah, of course. So I I did something. I went. I was way out of character. I don't do this ever. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I was like, hey Ben, and you could just see him stop. And he turns around. I go, my boys are just huge Batman fans. They just wanted to say hi. And he was really. He was just like, he just smiled and waved to him. And of course, they didn't fucking react. So now I'm like, okay. So now he thinks it was me. No, that, he probably, me. that probably happens 900 times a day. And, I, and then and then he, he just and I said thank you, thank you very much. And he turned around and walked away. And I was like, and I always battle with that. I'm like, the guy just wants to be left alone. But he probably also understands he's fucking Ben Affleck. He's fucking <clears> Batman. <throat> he did, wasn't a dick about it at all. Not one yeah. fucking iota. He yeah. did exactly what I asked him to do. But I always feel like I hate that dance monkey dance aspect of it. But I was just like, you know, my kids, it mattered to them in that moment. So I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll be that guy. Yeah, I, 
But look, I did it quietly too because I don't. He still wa- nobody else said a word to him. He walked away and like everybody kind of left him alone. Yeah, you're not like yo, Batman. My kid's a big fan. You're not yeah. making a pictures. Huge... Let's yeah. hang out for the rest of the time. Let's keep talking about no, things. No, yeah, dude. I mean, but look, I still have that issue of like, ah, did I cross a line? Right, because I be. I think just because you understand the human element of being bothered and like, just because you have a job that puts you on a movie screen doesn't mean that. You need to take pictures with every Tom, Dick, and Harry that right. comes up to you and wants a fucking photograph. Right. However, part of the game is, and I don't mean this in like as it's a game. I mean, I I would think in my head the way I would behave at this stage in my life would be very grateful that anybody gave a shit about anything I was doing. Yeah. Now, if I had made fifteen blockbuster movies, would my opinion of myself be different, or would that be a different thing? Maybe, but I'd like to think. No, I'd like to think that without people enjoying your work, your work doesn't see, doesn't get the, if it doesn't, it's not getting appreciated and enjoyed and people are paying for it, then movie studios are not going to keep employing you. No, all of that is true. I think the problem is the more famous you become for a lot of these people is that people do say stupid shit. People do fucking get cross lines and they do, and some people don't fucking leave you alone. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, people do say obnoxious things. So you do develop a certain, le- and depending on how much that has happened to you, you probably develop a certain like, like but he, I probably for a second, he probably cringed when he heard me say it. He probably fucking. Well, and I don't just blame you him. Called him by his first name. Well, like because you, like uh, well, what else would I would say? Yeah, Mr. Affleck. Yeah, but but also I don't think I think that is. I worked with them. He worked at the Herald. Oh, there we, you go. We she worked with each other. A coworker. We were um, coworkers for a couple days, a week or two. But even on the level of like. The most, the newest road comic, you know what I mean? Like the, the, a street performer, the level of anybody performing, there are people that do not understand how to speak to the people like that. Like yeah. they'll, you know, they come up to you in a bar and they want to tell you what they didn't like about your set. And right. you're like, hey man, that's what? Can't you just keep that to yourself until you get home and complain no, about it to no. your wife or Some something? Some people like, feel they like are... How the does that does that benefit me? Do you think I'm going to change my act because this toothless hick in a bar is telling me that he doesn't like two things I said? I'm like, I, it's it's frustrating. And you have to kind of smile and nod. like, and You know, I didn't really care for your stuff. You know how I do like? And you have to listen to them to ramble on Dude, about comics that they love. And you're I've like, had people right. do that to me at, at the silent auctions that I help out at uh, or the auction uh, that I help out to raise money for the school. I've had people tell me they don't fucking like me. And I'm just I like, had people tell you they didn't like me at in San Francisco, right? But that's, but <laughs> and they'd never met you exactly. Well, that's and that's fair. Um, it's horrible inside, but it makes you it makes you cry inside. Um, no, but you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. just like even that. I'm like, my attitude in that situation is like, I, I that person in San Francisco. I'm like, eh, whatever. Somebody walking up to you after you just fucking spent all that time, your sole purpose for doing it was to help out the school. The fact that they felt an inkling. I wasn't getting paid. Like, if I was in a comedy club, I got paid. I'd cut them a little bit of slack because they were a paid customer that said, you know what, I didn't I didn't like what I paid for. Okay, th- you could understand that logic just a little bit, even though it's still douchey. But fucking doing, like, volunteering at a fucking school and helping them raise money, and you still think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fucking critique you and tell you that, that I don't like what you do. At all. And it's just like, the fuck is the matter with you? Well, here's what's the matter with those people that do that. They're afraid. They are afraid. They would never do what you do. 
They would never get up there. They would never put themselves out there, be vulnerable, make fun of themselves, run the risk of other people, kids, other adults laughing at them. They would never do that because they're afraid. And they live in a world of fear. And that's a lot of what a lot of criticism is. Uh, it's fear. It's fear-based. It's just like, which is a lot of what everything is. It's a lot of what politics is. It's all fear-based. Everybody, everything is fear-based now. It's, you better be afraid of this party because they're coming after you. And you better be afraid of that because they're coming after you. And if you're not afraid, then you're not paying attention. And it's like, yeah, well, I get it. We live in a world of fear. But, like, you know, that's how it is. People are afraid to lose power. People are afraid that they're afraid to do the thing that you're doing. So instead of, you know, if I can't, if I can't write, I can't write a show like Game of Thrones, so why don't I go online and critique this last season because I didn't like the arc of one character. So I'm going to demand that they rewrite an entire season. I mean, the funniest thing I saw was somebody started a fake, I don't know who, somebody we know, started a fake Kickstarter account that was like, I need $200 million. I'm going to redo the last season of Game of Thrones. I can hire all, for $200 million, I can hire all the actors, rebuild all the sets. <laughs> like, <laughs> he had budgeted it out. Like, it was just... The, the 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 balls on people like yeah. you're sitting at a computer typing away that you don't like have you written the script have you written any script have you tried to get that many characters for that many seasons to fucking work together to fucking make a, a coherent story that people can understand like I, that that to me is is part of the problem yeah you know what I mean it's like I understand critics uh, in the most basic sense help uh, other people understand uh, summaries and plots and what movies are about. And you might not like it if you don't like this. And if you do like this, then you might like that. And I understand that. But, like, the the critic, the, the self-imposed, the self-described critic who hasn't written a script, who hasn't written anything, who does none of the work, who just says, it's, it's like me in middle school. Like, what? I didn't, I don't like that movie. I could have made a better movie than that. Really? Do you know anything about making movies? No, no. But I know I can make a better movie than that. Oh, okay. Great. Now, everyone's allowed to have their opinion. You're allowed to have your opinion. You didn't like the last episode or the last scenes or the last season of Game of Thrones or whatever series you didn't like how it ended. That's your opinion. But also, it's a television show. Like, do what do you what do you do? People were enraged at the end of Lost out of their fucking minds at the end of Sopranos. I mean, people lost it. And I'm like, what is happening? I get it. We've become attached to characters. That's the beauty of TV. That's what good TV does. Sure. You feel connected you to still the people fucking move on. you're watching. But also, you got to fucking understand that they're actors. Jon Snow's not going to walk around with that hair and that beard for the rest of his life. Or, he's a guy no. named Kit Harrington who's already shaved it off, and he's smoking vapes in fucking Amsterdam or wherever he is. Well, like, give him a couple years. He might be getting shot out of uh, cannons at uh, State Fairs. Dude, as, also, he might be in a prequel to Game of Thrones, or who knows what they're going to do with the spin-offs of that show. No, but, but you're right. It's, it's like the same thing. Do you, do you think that, and this would be a perfect example, not a lot of people really liked the end of Seinfeld, but would that ever make you go back and not watch an episode? No, and I actually was like, what a clever way to end the show. But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. A lot of people are eh, whatever, but did that, that shouldn't, like, you move on with your life, and then it shows up on reruns, and you go, hey, you know, I'm going to leave this on. You yeah. know, and you watch an episode, and you're like, are you watching the whole time going, yeah, but you know what fucking what I hated about this? Is how this all ends. So no. I, can't, I can never enjoy this again, because I know, it's like, what does that have to do with them right now? Nothing. Or, or anything in your life. I, but I, I get it. As long as it's momentary, 
Yeah. Like I you mean, said, the emotional being process of it. passionate about TV is fine. Yeah. I really enjoy, I enjoy a, a good heated debate about television shows and, and what the fuck's going on in them and who's doing what and what's happening. But like, at a certain a point, good heated debate. Well, you know what I mean. Like some people, are like I don't like this character, and, and but as long as the person isn't a crazy person, and they're like, you know, I mean, people are mad because they named their kid after a character on that show, and that character ended up going insane, and they're like, hey, well, that's again, again, that's on you, guy. That's I on named you. my I named my oldest son Tanner, and then when I showed him who Tanner was in the original Bad News Bears, he was like, that's not cool. Yeah, but you know what? That train left the station, and you're gonna have to reshape the name Tanner. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, but, but also growing up, you're like, what, what's your name? You're like, oh, yeah, I was named after a character on some show that hasn't been on for 40 years. You know, it's like, okay. No one cares. Yeah. I mean, if your name is Adolf, then well, yes. Yeah, you're going to have some issues. Yeah. What about AIDS? Yeah. AIDS <laughs> off. AIDS off. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but, uh, but, and, and again, I, Everyone's got the right to be upset with things. Sure, you know I mean? but it's just a matter but, of how long you want to be upset about it. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. And, or how long you want to be engaged in stuff like that. I mean, I get, look, here's the thing about it. You also have to understand that this is what, it, this is what social media does. And you, you, this, this is one of the reasons why I've pulled back on social media because I, I realized after a while I'm not a social media creature. Like, I sort of, the people I follow, I'll use Twitter as a, a better example than Facebook or Instagram. The people that are on there that I was following, the more... I paid attention. I was like, "Oh my god, these people are these people are creatures of this medium. Their whole world is this medium. This is their bubble. If they didn't have this, who, who are they? They're yelling out into at the moon every night. I mean, and, who, and some exactly. of them are extremely powerful and extremely famous on that thing, right? Mm-hmm. But like, my parents wouldn't know who the fuck they are. No. Like a lot, if you're not on Twitter, you don't know who these people are. But in that world. They're part of that mechanism, and like so, for them, and for some people, it only like what you're talking about, like that Game of Thrones thing. That's primarily primarily that's a Twitter fucking thing. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. you get outside of Twitter, it means nothing to anybody. Yeah, I mean, there are people who, if you're not online, if you're not don't don't do social media, and you watch Game of Thrones, you're just like, oh, interesting. Okay, and I'm, you I'm watching on. Game of Thrones, uh, or watching. you talk to your people at work. Yeah, when yeah, you go the to three work people that like, work, you talk about how many they guys share it, and you move on. Right? Yeah. When when your sandwich is done, you go back to your fucking job. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, that was the one thing about, for me, where I was like, yes, that's the social media thing that I guess I'm just not interested in. I'm not interested in being in that, that, that whatever that world is. But that's a nice, that's a nice small uh, example of what everything is. Meaning, technically, none of this is real. Do you know what I mean? Correct. Like, we're all energy. We're all vibrations. Uh, the rest of this stuff is man-made. The light we see at the end of it all is shedding literally all of this yeah. and becoming pure energy. Yeah. So to be upset by a TV show, it feels like a real mis- <laughs> When you put it that way. It feels like a real misdirected thing to be doing <laughs> with your time. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's fun to not like stuff. I do. Like, oh, man, but, but of the stuff I don't like, I end up getting into it like i i I was against 90210 because it was ridiculous in the fact that even when i was in high school i was like this doesn't show how high school kids behave right this is insane and but it made me laugh and i watched every single episode i could talk about them and i could talk about ones i hate and characters i didn't like and i have fun doing it you know what i mean but it's in a way that's not i'm not like 
they need to rewrite Dylan's storyline from season five because I can't move on with my life until he gets some closure <laughs> because Kelly is going to become addicted to cocaine because her father keeps writing her checks. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it's silly. It's you lost silly. me on all that because I never I know, you never watched that 0 but... Hey, a, a total side note, by the way, because I, I don't... I, I almost forgot to bring this up, and, and I know that this is going to timestamp our show a little bit, but... Um, Tim Conway died, and, and oh, um, yeah. you know, for a lot of people, you'll never know who he is, but I got to be honest with you, he, he, he has... Some of the things that he and Harvey Corman did on the Carol Burnett show, um, even if you've never heard of him, it's worth going to YouTube Please. and watching some of his physical comedy. And, and you'll, you'll learn two things about Tim Conway very quickly. One, his commitment to physical comedy. But also, when you watch two people work together and you see the synergy of how two human beings can play off each other so well and create uh, timeless... Timeless. Timeless comedy. That's a good way to put it. Um, it's 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 Harvey Corman and Tim Conway, and with Tim Conway's passing, the, the, that's a that's a duo, a legendary group of uh, uh, two people um, that um, that we will obviously never. And and I know Tim. I know he's been sick for a while, which is why he wasn't a part of the uh, the Carol Burnett reunion and stuff like that. But um, I, I guess it's like again, you you always know what's coming. And he hasn't been around in the psyche for a long time. And even the golf stuff was kind of fucking hilarious, to be honest with you. Like, so, I mean, he just, my point is, it's just, it, it always reminds you when somebody like that passes, you you go, you go you look back and you're like, shit, man, you know, thanks. Just thank you for, like, yeah, being who you were, because it was, it was just some great comedy from that guy. Legendary. Of, yeah, I, I completely agree. There, there is some stuff that I remember from the Carol Burnett show, just them trying to run. It was like... You could tell they were friends. You know what I mean? Like everything was, it was like what you read about Farley, how his thing was he wanted to, he would hold back in dress rehearsal so that when they did the actual sketch live, he could make the cast members laugh. Yeah. He could blow them, you know, they could, he could blow their characters. He wanted to have fun. And have, and, and that was, a, and that's Tim Conway. That's, I mean, whether he set out with that as a goal in mind, but he had, Everyone on everyone he ever acted with was like just as big a fan of that guy as the people watching. It was it was just something you don't see very often no. anymore, or even back then, or at all. And the, my fear is that he will not be as recognized as he deserves because he was also uh, a really good human being. Do you know what I mean? He there's no mark against that guy. There's no he doesn't have a scandal. He never did anything wrong. He wasn't an alcoholic. He didn't do drugs. He didn't he was never rude. He was nice to everybody he ever met. And I mean, yeah, I mean in my head he finishes first because what better I mean, the outpouring of support and love for that guy coming out on online is from everybody. That guy has influenced and affected everyone in comedy. You know what I mean? Like whether they're fully aware of it or not, but if someone is influenced by someone else, that person was influenced a little bit by Tim Conway and the, and that kind of comedy that he could pull off. Well, and I mean? also for me personally, um, it was a shared experience with my family. Like yeah. anybody that can make every generation in a household laugh right. simultaneously at the same thing. And isn't drugging women and raping them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um it, I don't know. It's just a, for me also. Like it, it, I had flashbacks to us sitting around our little tiny television set as a family and just dying laughing, turning the dial. Like, yeah, but just dying laughing and and remembering how excited my whole family was 
when the opening of the Carol Burnett show started, like not knowing, like, well, what are we going to see tonight? Like, how yeah. amazing is it going to be? And never being disappointed. Not no. being disappointed. Honestly, that speaks to them as a group of people making other people laugh because I don't think there was a lot of disappointment in episodes of the Carol Burnett show. It was always like, if there was some recurring stuff, great. If not, it was all stuff you'd never seen. It was comedy. I mean, that it was, it was some of the best TV, yeah. like straight up prime time tea because it was prime time it wasn't a late night show it was a sketch show on at prime time which couldn't even fucking be done now no, because try and it just no. yeah, yeah it wouldn't work because people don't it's like snl is as blue as they can go you know for late night tv on regular network and then everyone else has netflix and everything else so you're gonna you're not gonna watch a primetime sketch show anymore it's well just not there's gonna... also i think that there the the, the 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 shift when it comes to sketch this is just my personal opinion. It's 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 skewed so obscure, yeah, that it's one hundred percent hit or one hundred percent miss. And mm-hmm. and I'm and look, I I enjoy all different types of comedy, but when I see a lot of this sketch stuff, I'm like, you guys are trying too hard to be too obscure and too smart or too, you know what I mean? Like, too, the, the goal of sketch should not be to always try to outsmart the room. And sometimes I think sketch is a little bit too snarky, can be too snarky. And that's where you lose the general population because they're just they just want to laugh. Yeah, there and is, I, and I think if you get a little bit too insidey, it's just not going to fly. There is a pretty funny sketch show on Netflix right now called "I Think You Should Leave," and uh, the, it's it's I wouldn't say it, some of it is obscure. I would say it's just crazy and weird. Like some of it is straight up. Like it's a lot of poop humor, but not in a way that's like I'm covered in poop. But right. like kind of a lot of poop humor, but I can't. I mean, there's some shit on there that made me laugh real hard. You know, it was really funny. So, I mean, there is there is good sketches still gets made. I think anything that David Cross and Bob Odenkirk would do again would be great because all the Mr. Show stuff is is really funny. And I think Mr. Show, I don't think they were trying to be the smartest sketch show in the room, but I think they uh, kind of inadvertently did that just with the way they wrote and everything tying in with things they were seeing as trends and keeping the sketches sort of connected in a weird, loose yeah, way. Yeah, no, I thought that was great. I th- yeah. I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm just talking about, in general, the reason yeah. why this stuff is not really connecting. Like you, were, I'm talking about primetime. You're yeah. talking about primetime yeah, TV, yeah, yeah. and the reason why it doesn't HBO, connect yeah. is I just think that um, either either on the network side, that every, they make everything too vanilla now, right? I mean, yeah. TV was a little bit different in the 70s, let's be honest. And also, um, you know, I just I just think that everybody on the, that you we're in a world where you swing the pendulum both ways. Mm-hmm. So you're either going to be too vanilla, or you're going to try to be too extreme. And some people are just like, yeah, no, that's I don't I don't get half of what you're doing. So I I'm confused as to it's just not my thing. It's a, it's a yeah. classic. It's just not my thing mentality. Right, right. And I just I, to me, ultimately, I don't give a shit what you do. To me, when it comes to sketch comedy, comedy is in the commitment. Of the sketch, if you are that, that again, if there were, if you could learn something from Tim Conway, it was commitment to what he was doing in the moment, like full, but almost on, like only him. Do you know what I mean? Like he was so committed that's that that's why, why they couldn't handle it. Yes, they were like, "We're doing this dumb sketch," he's not and he's like, out. "He's he like, laugh with it's them. not a dumb sketch. I'm a dentist who can't move his hands or whatever it is." And it's like he like did it up, and they were like. Oh my God! This dude is taking this so fucking serious yes. that I cannot handle it. Yes. You know, and it's like, and and that I mean, I'm surprised. Is he? He never won an Oscar. He never had a movie role that was like 
something that you were like, holy shit, Tim Conway, because I bet that dude could have acted some rings around people that did win Oscars in in that time frame, you know? Yeah. Um, he just a really crazy, and like you said, he wasn't the guy laughing. He was the guy making the people who made millions of people every night, yeah. laugh, every week laugh. He's making them laugh. Yeah. So it's like that. Everybody will say the funniest person in the room is Tim Conway. Like everybody say, like all Chris Farley's friends would say, the funniest person in the room was Farley. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the like the funniest people that you can imagine today that knew him were like he was the funniest. And when people do that, like. That's something. You know what I mean? That says something. So yeah. that's impressive. Well, so another another piece of the uh of of our past has uh, has moved on. But like I said, if you get a chance to watch some of his stuff on YouTube if it's there, uh, by all means, you should definitely check it out because uh, And I do take I I I I the way I think now, I believe, you know, energy being re-released into the universe type of deal. I think having guys like Tim Conway out there and Brody Stevens is it's not as bad as it could be, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I didn't know this. Uh, we'll, we'll move on from all the the darkness of life to to some extent. But um, some of our previous guests, we, we maybe we, we may be talking about this with them. But um, you know, Brody's periscopes are still up. Are they? Yeah. If you go to Periscope, you can see all of, of his previous periscopes. Oof. Uh, no, it's just, it's just Brody being Brody. Yeah, like I yeah, told you, no, some, I know some, it's just. It's... I and so I was talking to a friend of mine who who is who has kind of come back into this universe because of because of the passing of Brody, which we'll have him on the, um, we'll have him on the show. He's actually uh, his name is Brian Burke, and he's doing he's starting to do comedy with Aaron Cater. They're doing comedy together. Oh, okay. So we'll have him on the show and talk about it. But Brian came back into comedy. He disappeared a long time ago, and it, uh, this this shock to his system with Brody passing. Uh, brought him back into comedy. So wow. anyway, he and I had some conversations, and and he he brought up the the Periscope stuff. Some of the stuff I don't want to talk to talk to you about off air that I don't want to talk about on air because it angers me and pisses me off. But my butt, um, maybe we can talk about it on, on a future show. But anyway, he tipped me off to the the Periscope stuff, and and like I said, it's like it just got me reminding. I think I had made a comment about the fact that when I was when I used to watch Periscope. That he was one of the ones. If I saw him pop up Periscope, I'd be like, "I'm watching Brody Stevens walk down the fucking street for absolutely no fucking reason. Why? Mm-hmm. Why am I fascinated with what Brody's going to do?" And it's just making the mundane relatively interesting. He made right? you fascinated, and I did. For some reason, I watched a little bit of it, and he was, and it was once again Brody's walking down the fucking street. And I think it was the last one he did. And he found like six dollars. And he donated. He gave it to somebody. I don't know what it was, but it was just so. F- I didn't watch the whole thing. It was, it was hard to watch. Yeah. For, uh, and, but because you kind of like again, you, now I have the narrative, right? I know how this all ends, right? Yeah. But, but just just again, those moments where you know it's like found six dollars. That's six dollars, and he's like, but he's like communicating with everybody that's talking to him, and he's agreeing, like, yeah, so I'll do the six dollars. It was just again, it was just that it was like such a Brody Stevens moment, like a mundane moment. That like turned into like a little thing. Like mm-hmm. that's what he did, right? Yep. That's how he rolled. But anyway, yeah. Um, if so, if you if you're still trying to figure out like who is this Brody guy, go to go log you know, get to get the Periscope app. He's he's on there. Yeah, and he'll be on there forever. Hopefully for as long as the app is there. Yeah, you know, watch a little I mean, bit of Brody. There's stuff of him on YouTube and online and everything. Well, I, I mean, but again, that would be more <clears throat> of the traditional. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If you yeah. just want to see Brody in real life. Yeah. Because that's what that is. That is exactly what it is. That's Brody right. in real yeah. life. Yeah, if you genuinely want to understand. That's not a character. That's not nope. a, That's who he is. That's not a written sketch. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, good show, though. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. 
Um, we'll we got of, some interesting guests coming up. Yeah, we'll we'll have we'll have some fun. We're just kind of get back into the swing of things. So uh, uh, don't abandon us now. And uh, shoot us an email. We're, we're going to also, if anybody out there who listens is any kind of an artist and would be at all interested in designing any kind of logo, uh, you know, on the, on the cheap, not necessarily free, but on the cheap, um, we're, we're, we're in the market for some new, some new shirts and stuff. So uh, that's just a thought. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Yep. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe.